Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Hello, this is Charles Stewart. This is the 8th of September, 2017. And we're in conference here discussing how to most effectively produce the paradigm shift that we need to bring about honorable and accountable government for the people of the USA. And I've got with me David Scheid from Michigan and... Orpha. Um, what state are you from, Orpha? Illinois. Illinois. There we go. Um, and we've got somebody from Western Washington. Washington, would you like to say hi? Hi, this is Allie in Washington. Allie, excellent. Um, good to have you with us, sister. Well, glad to be with you, brother. <laughs> All right. Um, um, is this your first time on our conference here? Yes, it is. All right. Well, you're you're from the Beacon Thirty Seven group, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're networking more closely here. This is great. Well, me too. Uh, this is Dave. Hi, Allie. Hi there. Michigan. Glad we're all gathered here. And it looks like Eric from California just tuned in. Uh, Eric, would you like to say hi? Hello. How you doing? All right. Um, I'm glad to see that uh, uh, we've got a good crew here um, shaping up. Um, and Nikki's in the background in the chat window, so things are shaping up nicely here. Um, I would like to post, I've had the... I, I don't know if you've all seen my um, conference invitation, but I also took the liberty of um, posting it to a web page because it kind of outlines things, that, um, including an agenda. And I just pasted a, a copy of it in the chat window there. Um, and there under there's a few things that... Um, um, I, I added an agenda... Uh, part of it's the the case of Samuel Gerard, which um, I, I've composed a rough draft of a verdict, a jury verdict for. Um, I don't know how many of you are. I think most of you are familiar with the case of Samuel Gerard, um, but. We've here we go. Um, let me post the web link to that jury verdict copy link location, so people with the chat window capabilities can see what we've got here is a rough draft. And um, um, I was on the phone to Shorty a little bit earlier. That's been actively involved in the Samuel Gerard case, um, and and. Uh, him and a lot of people are um, 
um, feeling rather overwhelmed. There's a similar case with another Amish gentleman um, uh, that Shorty was saying is just uh, he doesn't have the, I guess the main complaint that Shorty had was the, um, uh, uh, anyway, this this one Amish fellow named Randy just didn't have the intestinal fortitude to tell the judge that uh, he was going to sue the judge for going beyond his constitutional authority or something like that. And so the judges are just railroading people, just pretty much no matter how good their um, their, their paperwork is, no matter how solid their arguments are. And, and Shorty was feeling rather overwhelmed by the... Um, um the the massiveness of the corruption and the indifference to the cause of justice and i'm hoping shorty can come on and help us kind of focus on samuel's case and the other cases with the homage people here um um but we've got this um um uh quandary that we're facing of of overwhelming indifference to the cause of justice and these judges pretend like they're too stupid to comprehend how due process of law works and they won't talk to us about it and so um um it's it what it amounts to is an entrenched system of corruption and and we need a bigger hammer to break through the corruption and, and in common law, there's a maxim that for every wrong, the law provides a remedy, and and uh, the the common law um, um, uh, the, the ultimate remedy that I think we're up against is is Magna Carta 69, um, which describes when there's epidemic corruption of the king. Um, the the um the 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 leaders in the local communities the barons um have the right to take up arms against the king and to basically dethrone him um and and that's kind of the similar situation we're taking we're 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 at now i believe um because the entrumption is so corrupted and and we're having difficulty getting the um um uh, the, the powers that be to respect due process of law, and um, so it, it's getting nasty. And um, there's a number of options here, but anyway, um, um, with, with that being said, I, I'd like to open up for uh, a discussion or comments about optimal pathways to to deal with this epic, epidemic of corruption that's resulted in the railroading of Samuel Gerard and other Amish farmers and all of us. Um, and I see um, um, Wonder Ann looks like she's tuning in here. Um, um, Wonder Ann, would you like to say hi? Hi. Uh, I was just bringing on my octogenarian buddies from Iowa. So we, we got on, and uh, we do want to say hi. Say hi, Jerry. Hi. Gerald, by the way, is not home right now. So he's not on, but I am. There you go. We got half of the team over there. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. 
That's great. And um, I, we just had our, a beautiful day here, so I'm ready to find out Good. what we're going to do, what's happening. Okay. All right. Glad to have you all with us. Are you on this morning, Wonder Anne? Yes, Jerry. Charles is going to continue with his thing, so we'll talk later, okay? Okay, very good. All right. right. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Good to have you all with us. Um, I see Washington State and California, Southern California, is with us. Would you guys like to say hi? Hello. Ah. Yes, I have a son in California. Okay. Martinez. Okay. Uh, Charles is uh, uh, bringing on the people that are uh, coming on the call, um, Jerry, so he'll be talking to them. Uh, Okay, very well. All right, sweetheart. Go ahead, Charles. All right. Well, um, I'd like to segue, thank you, Wondera, I'd like to segue into um, um, the um, the concerns about Samuel Gerard, and, and I guess to broaden out a little bit, in, in the email that I sent out, um, um, we did have uh, uh, three items on the agenda. Um, um, Ah, yes, the list of qualified electors. I hope you all have seen that. I've composed a list of qualified electors, and I'd like to briefly explain that. That I, um, um, In common law, there's, there's a maxim that a man is, uh, a person is, uh, a human, <laughs> is not a judge in his own case. Um, but we can be judges for other people. And, and and that gets to the qualified elector status that is of pivotal importance um, because the qualified electors um, are, are the ones that are recognized in the Constitution as having authority to elect the President of the United States. Um, and, and these are constituents that are are actually more powerful than United States representatives and United States senators, and I can talk about that later. But... Um, um the uh it, it's important for each of us I, I i do believe to to compose a list of the people that we think are qualified electors and deserve to be recognized as qualified electors cuz see we can basically nominate other people as qualified electors we can't nominate ourselves but we can nominate other people and hopefully when we're behaving honorably and nominating other people as qualified electors, then at least two other people will nominate each of us as a qualified elector. And when we've got two people that we can cite, especially in a document that's posted on the web page, like what I've got here, if we can cite, uh, okay, uh, uh, David Scheid has agreed that I'm a qualified elector, and, and Wonderan has agreed that I'm a qualified elector. So at, at that point, I can claim to other people as as being my witnesses that that I'm a qualified elector. And, and um, um, the Bible, as well as common law, Bible law and common law both recognize that upon the word of two witnesses, anything can be established. And at that point, we're establishing our foundation for each of us being qualified electors. 
And at that point, we can start building above that. Our qualified electors can elect from their own communities peace officers, which have the executive authority to issue arrest warrants and, well, enforce arrest warrants and things. And then above that, we've got our justice of the peace officers, which are judicial officers that have basically the full sovereignty uh, they can go anywhere they want and, and command the obedience of anybody uh, 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 that's related to a case before them. That's that's the kind of wording that's used in Oregon statute, and that's extremely powerful. And and I know we'll probably get flack on that, but we can we can like be setting letters up front to. Um, uh, de facto officers in our local communities at the city level and the county level and asking them if they have objections to our exercising the executive peacekeeping power, peace officers power, as well as the judicial power. And if they have any basis in law for that, please set that forth within 30 days. Otherwise, we're going to presume that we have the right to to this executive and judicial power. Um and at that point, they're probably going to not talk to us, and they're probably going to default. And at that point, we're, um, we've got the right to move forward with organizing our own peace officers in our own community with the executive power. And they've got the right to tell deputy sheriffs and um, um, uh, municipal police officers to stay out of their township and precinct jurisdictions. And and this is where the rubber really meets the road when we start talking about executive and judicial power. The legislative power is kind of irrelevant, but the executive and the judicial power in common law is supreme because um, this gets to posse comitatus, which is um, um, similar to the militia, only militia is a word for state level, um, uh, and, and it's more under Roman civil law, whereas Posse Comitatus is down at the county level, and that's more under common law. But anyway, at that point, I'd, I'd like to encourage people to look at the web link in the email, and I can post it in the chat room again here, for um, um, uh, the document that I've worked up on qualified electors. And um, um, there we go. Um, and And that... Uh, there's a lot of people in there that most of you won't know that are like local to me here in Oregon, but there's also a lot of people that have been on the conferences here, and uh, I've I've certified Eric and uh, Wonder Ann and David from Michigan, and um, um, I'm willing to certify most anybody that appears on our conferences and and just behaves like a mutually respectful human. Um, um, and, and is concerned about the cause of truth and justice. Um, so, I, I, and and then I guess to broaden out all of the items on the agenda, the third one was the Colorado Eight. That's another specific case in addition to the Samuels case. Um, uh, the Colorado Eight are uh, have been uh, trying to assemble juries, uh, a, a jury. Um, but I commented that I think they're facing some difficulties because I don't think they comprehend how simple true common law jury process can be. And um, 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 so I, I'd like to visit that 
uh, issue also in the discussion. If any of you might have touched on what's going on with the Colorado 8, um, um, I'd like to take suggestions and ideas about how we might be able to assist in them, maybe even trying to compose a jury verdict that's, well, we could probably put it together quicker than they're going to be able to. They're all bogged down in technicalities from Roman civil municipal law. Uh, I yield. I, yes, comments and questions at this point. I, yeah, this go is ahead. David and Ms. David, Jen. Yes. Now, I did want to, uh, Charles, I, I was trying to get a hold of you a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday, uh, to send you a uh, an audio recording that I received from Florida. They are doing their own juries down there. Uh, they uh, There was a jury, or at least they are, yeah, it was held in Florida. <laughs> And uh, and so I wanted you to see that uh, Roger Dowdell, uh, others that uh, are on the Florida call, what I call the Florida call, that's all I know how to refer it to, that it's a bunch of people that I've been in touch with for quite some time that are putting together their own jury now. And uh, they've got a lot of other good things that they're doing in the de facto as well to confront the de facto. They're dealing with Terry uh, Tressel, uh, his imprisonment uh, and his participation in the uh, uh, the grand jury process down there, both in the common law and as uh, the uh, the lead in uh, what do you call it, the foreman in a uh, in a de facto grand jury. Um, but uh, uh, so there is something going on down there, and I'd be happy to share that because I think that that uh, we eventually need to review how they're doing things, uh, any results that are coming about from what they're doing, and, um, uh, you know, and reflect on that. Also, uh, if, if, I don't, if I can beg everybody's pardon to, to gab for a few more minutes, um, I wanted to uh, let you know that um, um, here in Michigan, uh, there's some activity coming out of the same county uh, the same judge, same court that uh, put me in jail in 2012 as a court watcher uh, without any form of due process, without, without me even opening my mouth uh, or disrupting anything uh, and with fraudulence. And, um, and they are uh, doing something similar to what you're describing with the Amish in that uh, locally in their town, township, they are going after people for the heights of their fences and violations. And they, I just got an email shortly before this call of somebody who had uh, had a, a fence up for 18 years, and because he complained about a next-door neighbor, uh, a woman who may uh, seem to, uh, you know, be uh, associated with uh, somebody in the city, that uh, that uh, they're they're now going after him and and fining him and and all kinds of stuff. Which uh, um, so it's the same kind of thing. It's a, it's called pattern and practice. And um, finally, I wanted to let you know that uh, that we need to work on the enforcement aspect of it, which you touched on just a moment ago, and uh, and describing how we can at the local level start. Uh, confronting our local uh, law enforcement to let them know what we're doing and give them the opportunity to voice their any objections or legal facts or anything like that. I have a situation here that that I uh, I reported crimes 
I, I did a, a Rico Busters video, number 21, that I've got up on YouTube uh, for anybody who's seen it. Uh, they can see very clearly that a simple traffic citation that I received for uh, a ticket that being the responsible one for an accident, a so-called accident in which a guy hits me from behind and the police officer does, isn't straightforward with his information, either of the driver uh, or the uh, the car that was involved. I got all this fraud, insurance fraud. I got the court fraud. I got the whole the gamut, and um, and I'm found at fault. So um, prima facie. I, I went when when they were threatened to take my driver's license away, revoke it, um, unless I Mr. paid their, their demand for a bond. Uh, uh, I, I got a cash. There's something else on the line, no? I don't know what's going on. I'll stand by. Did you get them okay. silent? Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you. I'm sorry. That was me. I thought I was muted. <laughs> I apologize. Oh. Okay. Um, all right. So um, I paid. I went to a third-party bank, and I got a cashier's check. And on the front of it, I wrote the. I had the name of the court, which is who was who they wanted the, the bond made out to. I got a cashier's check that that said under duress, extortion, and uh, payment of uh, uh, payment demand of bond. And they cashed it the very next day. Now, that's a one-page prima facie evidence of criminal extortion and them receiving payment for this. Uh, that, this is on top of the, this is the gravy on top of the meat that I've already put out there with this one-hour video that, that presents all the evidence. Now, I also, after this this hearing that I had a couple of months ago, I filed criminal complaints with the state, various departments of the state, including the Secretary of State of Michigan and the uh, Attorney General. I also filed it with the U.S. Um, Attorney and the U.S. Attorney General in Washington, D.C. And then... I submitted FOIA requests to these different agencies because I sent these by certified mail and I got signatures on these darn things to to see who signed for it. Then I followed it up each one of these places with a FOIA request on who that person was and what's happened to my criminal complaint, who has had anything to do with my criminal complaint since then. And guess what? I just picked up my mail yesterday, and I got three three responses to my FOIA request, one of them from the state Secretary of State saying that they are denying my request because they have no information whatsoever that answers any of my questions at all, <laughs> even though I've got the proof that they got it. And then I got a similar one from the U.S. Attorney's Office at the federal level in Detroit, saying the exact same thing. They're denying my request for because they have no info whatsoever about my criminal complaint. And this is despite my having the proof that they've got it. Mm-hmm. And so 
if to the point that these people are just not going to even acknowledge our crime, our reports of dutiful reports of crimes, and we need to do something about this ourselves. I yield. Oh yeah. Thank you, David. Um, um, I'd like to point out that uh, I, in response to David's. Um, 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 excellent focus on the core issue of the administration of justice and the lack of availability thereof to our common people. I'd like to point out a, a reoccurring theme that, that, that we've touched on here, but I believe I can bring it into perhaps sharper focus with just a few words. Uh, Oregon Statutes 1.010, and I'll post a link to it here in the chat window, um, um, but um, this statute uh, describes the power of our precinct-level courts that are headed by our, our own elected justice of the peace. And um, uh, um, when, uh, and remember, uh, uh, these can be local or special-slash-private. Um, and that means that we don't have to be constrained by concerns about locality. We can have a fraternal organization, such as the community that's forming on this phone conference, um, elect a justice of the peace to address issues like um, 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 uh, what David just described, to follow up on uh, uh, the, 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 the groundwork that he's already laid in the case of Samuel Gerard that Shorty's working with and all of our other cases. And um, um, I, I believe that other states have similar statutes as this, and they similarly um, indicate that, that pre this is a precinct-level um, type of authority and power that is decentralized away from the civil government of the state and the federalities, but each court of justice has power, number five, uh, and I posted the web link in the chat window there, to control, in the furtherance of justice, the conduct of its ministerial officers, comma, and of all other persons in any manner connected with the judicial proceeding before it, comma, in every matter appertaining thereto, period. That means that if David files his complaint in our um, uh, court of justice, court of law here, that, that if we've got the right to do it locally, we've certainly got the right to do it for all of the USA that doesn't have anything like this. If David files a complaint with us, then whoever we elect as our pro tem judicial officer has the right to to... Um, con uh, to control the conduct of all persons in any manner connected with the judicial proceeding before it in every matter there too because David or other people are bringing judicial proceedings before us this is the power that's inherent in the people remember all power is inherent in the people Okay, you as complaining parties have have all power. You have the judicial and the executive power. But see, when you've got your own case, um, you can't be a witness in your own case. But your friends, your associates, your next friends, 
these these also have all powers inherent in the people, which includes the judicial power. So David can nominate a friend, uh, such as any of us, to assume the office of a justice of the peace and to control the, the functions of a court of justice. And therein, the justice of the peace has the right to... Um, um, legitimize any type of local peace officers anywhere in the nation that that want to execute arrest warrants against people. And and I, I think that there are other remedies, such as the economic remedies and the liens and everything, but you know, a lot of people have tried the liens and stuff, and they end up going to jail too. And And so I think it's getting down to what we're going to be able to do with our peace officers in our local jurisdictions to 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 bring about some accountability through making some arrests. And at that point, I'd like to back off and yield here. I've raised a lot of powerful issues, but we we got to talk about the remedies here, like like what David's talking about here. I yield. Yeah, this is David. I just want to say one thing, and that is. While we don't have the ability to, or the right, to um, to sit on the jury of our own case, we do have the right to prosecute our own cases, and we've got that written right into our Michigan Constitution uh, of 1963, the corporate constitution. It's something that they can understand. So um, <clears throat> just uh, wanted to add that. I you. Thank you. That's good, David. Um, um, I'd like to draw Eric out, if I might. Eric, uh, are you available to ch- chat a little bit about the juries that are being assembled through the Texan Jural Society? Uh, not really, but just uh, to comment, well... Uh, give me a few minutes. I'm kind of involved in something else. Right? That, that's okay. I, we, a lot of us multitask while we're on the conferences there. Um, um, but, David, you, you referenced the, the Florida group is moving forward with juries. Um, if you've got information you can send or web links or anything, I would like to explore that. I tuned in to the Colorado 8. They, they were uh, trying to assemble a jury for their Colorado eight people um uh on in their Wednesday conference and and um I commented something in the outgoing email there about it to the effect that um they were bogged down in in swearing in uh excessive numbers of jurors up front um uh before they even sit down and talk about um um uh the evidence before them and everything and um um they were they were taking breaks because one juror had to leave and 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 so things were really bogged down in technical formalities as opposed to the fundamental concern of 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 just bringing 12 people up to speed on the issue of 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 the cause of justice with regard to the complaint before the court 
Um, see, when, when you when you dwell on the fundamentals of the purpose of the jury is to decide what is just and righteous with regard to the complaint before the court, innocent or not guilty, and if if, if guilty, what's an appropriate punishment, and 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 the 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 issue is to build consensus around um, um, what. Uh, uh, guilt or innocence, and and um, uh, if there is guilt there, what's an appropriate punishment? Um, and and when we comprehend how simple that is, it, it people don't all need to be sworn in up front, and everybody doesn't need to be present as every item of evidence is being presented we've got recording technology where people can go back and review when the evidence was presented and we've got documents that people can review as convenient um and 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 once any particular qualified elector comes up to speed enough to to know okay i i'm sufficiently informed to know that um with regard to the complaint before the the court the accused is either guilty or innocent, and if he's guilty this this i think this would be an appropriate punishment when when any qualified elector is 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 has has reached that point in his own mind his or her own mind, then they can inform the presiding judicial officer. Uh, or the complaining party of, and or the complaining party of of the, the 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 fact that they've got enough evidence to know what's going on and what's in the interest of justice here. And at that point, like we've done in the Keith Livingway case, um, um, they can just verbally affirm that they are willing to put to to, to allow their signature to be placed on a jury verdict, their 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 name to be listed. It doesn't even have to be a real signature. The de facto jury verdicts, they're all hidden in secret and they never list jurors or anything like that, let alone have signatures um on the um uh the documents. And so we're head and shoulders producing better quality jury verdicts than the de facto Roman civil municipal courts do by just listing our jurors and their contact info. Um, 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 but, but people like the Colorado 8 group um, um, don't comprehend how simple and fluid this could be. We, we don't have to impose lots of burdens on our jurors like the Colorado Eight group is doing. They're 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 having people sworn in and sitting there, and and the whole system gets shut down if somebody has to take a break because gee whiz, one juror isn't here, so we all got to take a half hour break and then we'll reconvene again. That's the way they were running it. I I I I can't. It, I have difficulty comprehending how they could really think that common law is this clunky and mechanical. Clunky and mechanical process is what statutes produce. Statutes are clunky, lifeless, mechanical objects, whereas common law is based upon principles, people getting together and building consent, consensus about what's right, and they're under... It's it's a fluid, spiritually oriented process that's only concerned about the cause of justice. That's all we're concerned about is truth and justice. You have to have truth first, justice second, and then everything else flows thereafter. Safety, peace, uh, uh, liberty, 
economic security, all that flows after you've got truth and justice. Um, and so I'd like to yield there. Um, um, I've outlined a number of things. Um, yeah, I yield. Uh, I'm sorry for the typing with the mute button off, and uh, I'm sorry for the um, obstruction there. Uh, this is David. I just wanted to let you know that um, I I uh, I have uh, forgotten to put in the link. So okay, so I've just now put in guest ten, and I just put in the link to the audio. Uh, it's the post jury hearing. Um, audio uh, where they they have a weekly discussion, and so they it's a, a myriad of topics, and uh, so they don't get into the details, but they do discuss uh, that uh, what what has been going on. They do discuss that there was a jury hearing, and um, and I'll see if I can get in the link uh, to any. Um, they they even had the jury hearing broadcast. So everybody could hear it. They they did uh, mute the lines so that people could not participate outside of the jury itself. But they did make it so the public could hear it, record it, do anything that they want um, to uh, to be a part of of, of listening in on that. So uh, I will see if I can locate that. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but this is the post hearing link that I just posted. Thank you. I see that, David. I, I tried to bring it up, and I'm getting a, uh, a message saying our website is currently unavailable. Have you? Uh, okay, tried stand that? by uh, because there's a shorter link that that took me to that page because I just I just did it just now. So um, I know it's not down. Uh, so let me post this other at the shorter link. This one's coming. Um, I'm going to type in here is the link that I'm going to say the shorter link. Okay, there it is. Okay. Yeah, I see it. Um, and at this point, that pull it up for you? It looks like it's coming up. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, it's coming up. I'm going to just pause it there. Um, but um, um, there's. I'm glad to see that that a number of groups and individuals are are talking about doing jury verdicts here. Um, um, and I'm glad to see the shift in fashionability uh, to, to de-emphasize the so-called grand jury process. And now people are talking more about real trial juries, which actually have the authority to proceed to judgment and, if necessary, to issue arrest warrants. That, that, that finishes a case. Grand juries only start cases. They don't finish cases. We've got the authority to proceed to final judgments with our trial juries and, and then just put it in front of the foreign jurisdiction and to demand that they respect our um, jury verdict. And, and if we do it early on and up front before they can complete their proceedings, 
Um, uh, remember the wording of the Seventh Amendment that no fact tried by a jury shall be reexamined in any federal court of the United States. And so, and there are similar provisions in most state constitutions. And so, if we try facts and we get 12 person juries unanimously declaring that, that these are the facts in this case, uh, um, uh, including innocence and not guilty, I think that can be construed as, as a fact. Um, uh, it, when, when we present documents, final judgments from our court into another court indicating that those facts have been tried. It's a constitutional prohibition against them to proceed any further uh, to try to examine those facts because it's already been tried. Unless they can find something wrong with our verdict, like somehow we didn't follow due process of law, that's the only way that only another jury can, can, can overrule us. And, and that's very difficult to do. Um, and so we've we've got a lot of power at our fingertips in the name of God if we can just get organized and 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 um, yeah, organization is is the biggest thing right there. Um, um, I do believe it's within our capabilities to wrest power and control from these de facto public servants and 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 bring the people's self-governing judicial process in our own local judicial jural society communities and private fraternal like what we've got going here that that we can we can set a template a cutting edge example for how jury verdicts can be brought out quickly and efficiently to 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 take full spectrum dominance over the judicial arena and at that point because it's very difficult for 12 people to come to agreement on anything um when when agreement is finally achieved amongst our 12 there there's a reasonable presumption that this is in the interests of justice because agreement couldn't be uh, uh achieved between all 12 jurists unless um uh it was it was in the interests of naturally conscionable justice that's the only middle ground that's the primary middle ground where good-hearted people can develop consensus um so yes and, and the de facto's know that they're just there obstructing justice that's the nature of their roman civil municipal jurisdiction is to obstruct justice i've got documents that show that that's the nature of empire that's why they do what they do that's why they don't care and um so anyway we we've got the moral high ground we've got the legal high ground all we need to do is get organized and 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 move forward with with good documents and we could be things like david's case we can be calling up i i'm ready david i'm ready to call up people and 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 and, and talk to them and say things like hi um um i'm charles stewart I, david scheid is a uh, delegated authority to me to 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 act as a judicial officer for him and and we're conducting an investigation into the criminal accusations that he's made and we're wondering if if the evidence looks pretty strong in his favor do you have anything that you'd like to say in your defense uh, uh, before we proceed to judgment here, we'd, we'd, we're, we're doing an uh, impromptu inquisitorial thing, and if you need uh, a week or ten days to, to 
think about it. We can have another phone conference later on, but we'd like to, to prompt you that we're going to proceed to judgment here. Um, um, so, uh, uh, do you have any objections to our issuing a judgment based upon David Scheid's complaint? And if David Scheid's in error, if he's all goofed up, if he's an insane conspiracy theorist, please describe some evidence as to why David Scheid is not credible and his complaint against you is um, uh, lacking in merit. And and at that point they'll they'll either come up with something that's goofy or or else uh, they'll they'll just uh, rebuff us and 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 refuse to talk to us. At which point we can proceed to default judgments, and default judgments are well settled in law. They're entitled to, entitled to comedy, full faith and credit. And at that point, the only other issue is whether or not we've got the right to organize our peace officers and posse comitatus to lend uh, enforcement to our judicial judgments. And we can be calling them up and asking them if they've got any objections to our doing that, too. So uh, I do believe it's smooth sailing if, if, if we can... If we can get up on, it's kind of like riding a, a surfboard on on a wave. Once you get once you get the critical mass of of a good regal retinue, the the suit of the sovereign, the court, the court that we're assembling, the court of justice, the court of law, that there's there's people that that take the lead in 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 prosecuting and adjudicating cases, and uh, the regal retinue. Follows in the definition of court, it says it's the suit of the sovereign with his regal retinue. See, when David Scheid brings a suit against corrupted officials in Michigan, he 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 is bringing forth the suit of the sovereign. David Scheid then becomes the suitor, saving to suitors clause. He he's the he, he's bringing forth the suit of the sovereign, and everybody that agrees to act as jurors for David, or or anybody else, but for David in this example, they have the authority to to exercise the judicial power in in response because we're following David's lead to so far as his complaint is lawful. It's a it's a it's a pathway. It's a course of step by step procedures due course of law, due process of law, and all of us are basically competent in that. And um, um, uh, uh, if, if David somehow diverts from due course of law slash due process of law, then we'll refuse to follow him any further. But as long as David is stating his complaint within the parameters of due course of law, due process of law, then we're following the suit of the sovereign David, we are his regal retinue under pure common law, and and at that point we carry with us both the judicial power, full body of twelve judges, and uh, also the executive power. Um, if I may. Yes. Well, and and I don't mean for just you and I to be in, engaged in this conversation. I hope everybody is okay with this, um, but uh, you you. You're on a nerve right now because um, I, I want to remind everybody that in the aftermath of my spending a year and a half with a suit of the sovereign, I went in declaring an Article Three court, declaring who I was. I was I, de- I 
put my case into very clear terms. It litigated for a year and a half. By litigating, I mean uh, we ba- uh, I was against four sets of attorneys of the various governments and their insurance and risk management companies, and I'm going after it a whole nine yards. And in the midst of all this, I got 14 other people to, uh, to uh, complete affidavits along with mine declaring victimization by the very same people uh, as domestic terrorists, and only to have this case dismissed by a rogue 92-year-old judge. Uh, and and what, what happened after that was that's when uh, Keith Livingway's um, people uh, of the United States of America, 1781, uh, and uh, the private attorney general with John Rowe took up my case and said, uh, John, with John Rowe spearheading this whole thing, saying that they were going to take this to a tribunal for the very same thing that you just got through talking about a, a common law, international recognized uh, ruling. And so I I went through another six months with this guy, John Rowe, uh, doing everything that he said, and he took it to a tribunal, so he said. I got some documents along the line, and the reason why I was thinking of this is because somebody did, from that tribunal, somebody did call my witnesses that had affidavits that saw the, the occurrence of me take, being taken out of the court watcher and taken six counties away. These people were there. They, they had sworn a notarized affidavit within days of the occurrence, and, um, and, and this, somebody from there called those people up and, and, and verified that, that these were accurate. So when you're talking about making those calls, I know that they can happen. This is the, uh, one of the, the, the foundational reasons why I am pushing this against living way because uh, he has stifled that entire matter using fraud. Um, and I, I just wanted to add one more thing. I'm sorry, but um, I, I believe that we need to be combining our efforts with the Beacon 37. And I also believe that, that we need to, uh, kind of like a research project, because I am postgraduate, uh, you know, as a uh, piled high and deep stuff um, is what I was pursuing. Uh, you have a control group. You have a, if we were to have a control group that we call the government that doesn't do anything, and we know they're not going to do anything about our criminal complaints, they aren't even going to answer us. So we have a control group that we have proven over and over and over again that they don't do anything. Now we've got two other groups. We've got your group, I'll just call it we, that is on this phone call right now talking about juries and common law juries, and, and we are doing some things here in Michigan to prosecute our own case. We've got, we've got our first case that we've decided that we're going to do. Uh, but we also have Beacon 37. And I've got, as you know, Charles, you are hosting a website that has all of my evidence for that year and a half of, of, of battering back and forth over that case of me being placed in six counties away in a, in a prison for 30 days. 
you've got all the evidence, you've got all the arguments, you've got all the everything posted publicly, and people here on this call, number one, they can review that in any capacity that they want to and come up with plenty of, of, uh, of criminal convictions uh, on anybody from, uh, from the, the judge that put me away to the judge that dismissed the case. Um, uh, but uh, also, Beacon 37 has a... I've talked to Jim Wright in Mixed Company. Nikki knows about this. Wonderand knows about this. Uh, others who have listened in on the Beacon 37 calls. And, you know, as, every time I bring up my case in Michigan, Jim Wright says, well... And he says it very fast, so I have to go back to recorded calls, but I can't get them unless they're delivered to me, et cetera. He's got this systematic way where he's talking about going to the provost marshal and doing these steps and this step, step and that step and this step and that step, and, and you get the results, and finally the, the military will come in and take over and, and do it all for you. Well, and I think you've heard that yourself, Charles, and so... I would like to put that to the test as well. I've got the evidence, both with this, this rear-end vehicle, you know, thing, that, and me filing the criminal complaints there, and I'm getting that, and I've got all the stuff on, on the web. I'd like to take some of this to Jim Wright and the Beacon 37 and say, look, we're going to pursue this other path here while we also do this with, with you. And you just give me the how-to, the step-by-step, and we'll review this each week on the Beacon 37 call. We'll find out which, where this is going with this. So we have a control of the government doing nothing. We have another group that is watching to see what happens in the experiment that, 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 uh, you, that Jim Wright swears up and down that he knows the work and leads to the, the enforcement of the military. And then we'll have the other group, which is the, the, the jury group, and, uh, and, and, you know, using the local constables and all that you're recommending. I'd like to do that. I yield. Thank you, David. That might be a good segue to bring in Wonder Ann or some of the other Beacon 37 people here. Wonder? I had to mute myself because I took my dogs out, and uh, I, it, the, the, I would bring it up to Jim offline right now because he's facing, he is actually on tour. He's gone out and doing a road show right now, and he's going to be in Illinois this weekend. So uh, it's... It may not be the right time, but it's a good premise because I think it would give a lot more people a credibility as to what really we can do and how effective we are. Because this is uh, much of what's going on is just total harassment. That's all it is. It's harassment to make people disrupted. And we have to look at that. We have to look at what is good for all of us without it being a socialistic method. 
is I don't want us to do a socialistic thing because that would be very destructive for all of us. You understand um, what I'm saying? You comprehend? I, what I'm I, I do. I I like to avoid words that are that that I find ambiguous. Um, I think our problem with socialism is and communism is that um, um, they, as defined by Marx, Karl Marx, it's coercive. Um, um, Republican democracy can also frequently be defined as coercive. Um, um, but when when we look at the common law principle of just preventing breach of the peace. And people got the right to do pretty much anything they want, so long as they don't breach the peace of anybody else. And that rule of law governs government officials as well as common people. Then um, um, the the the, uh, uh, the labels like socialism and communism are are are, are democracy, mob rule, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, it kind of goes by the wayside because, and, and there's socialists that think that socialism is just wonderful, and communists that think that communism is just wonderful, and fascists that think that fascism is good. There's probably the list goes on and on. There's a myriad of different kinds of government, most of which most of us think is tyrannical and despotic, um, but. If we just focus on the issue of whether or not people are coercively breaching the peace, engaging in acts of aggression, aggressive warfare, or if they're just exercising their liberty to responsibly self-govern in their own communities, that's a form of social um, interaction that can, or, or community interaction that can be construed as socialism or communism in, in a friendly interpretation of those words. And, and, and I know for a fact there's misguided do-gooders that embrace the cause of the, the, the label socialism and the label communism. And I've even known some fascists in my time that advocate that fascism and communism and socialism are good things. And, and rather than, than, than getting technical arguments with them about socialism, communism, or fascism, or Nazism, or anything is good or bad, just talking about whether or not they advocate coercive breach of the peace by their governmental authorities, coercing tax payments and stuff like that, at that point you've got the common law pivot point. See, the, remember the scales of justice, the, the principle that scales of justice have a pivot point right in the middle where the two arms of the scales go back and forth to kind of weigh the, the merits of the accused versus the accuser party. On, on on who has the most evidence in their fa favor and and that pivot point is is under common law on on whether or not a breach of the peace or an act of aggression aggressive warfare has occurred and if it hasn't occurred then then there's no legitimate complaint and the person's got liberty to do anything he wants um and and, and so they're under I should probably yield. I'm, I'm I'm circling around on my own tail there, um, but I, I hope perhaps I've 
I've made my point that um, we we should try to it, it, see our, our our recruiting and the Beacon Group wonder knows this that 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 we're desperate for recruits, especially the Beacon Group that's trying to meet your threshold deadline for organizing your your territories and things within a time deadline that 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 you're doing here. It's important that we don't alienate people that might be willing to sign on and be supportive if we just use words that are not offensive to them without compromising our principles. When we when we focus on the issues of breach of the peace and acts of aggression, then our principles are preserved. And, and, and we can allow socialists or communists, as long as they agree to not breach the peace and stuff, I, I, I would be open anyway. Maybe you guys wouldn't, but I, I would be open to working with those kind of people so long as... Um, um, they agree to not breach the peace. And at that point, I'll, I'll yield and, and encourage comments from Wonder or anybody else that might have some there. I got a comment. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Uh, this is this is uh, Greg Kazoo. Um, last night we heard from a gentleman, uh, Paul J. Hansen, and I think he has a pretty good and effective technique for getting the jury process uh going is that he is a notary and he he uses another notary and a notary in your state so there's three judicial officers involved in every case and basically just using an administrative process through a notarial presentment getting the default and then um at that point inviting them and giving them due notice that they are being sued in a common law court and inviting them to come and participate and offer defense or evidence to 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 their side of the equation. And in most cases, they just ignore it and laugh and, and joke about common law uh, courts that they don't work and all that stuff. And if they don't show up, then the jury signs off as everything's fine and it's a default and it is a judgment. And then depending on what state you're in, you can go directly to the sheriff with that, or you've got to have a, a, a judge rubber stamp it, or you've got to follow UCC1. Every state's a little different, so you have to do the research to figure out what you can do to collect your judgments. And, uh, you know, it, it seems to be working for him, and he's just he's got about 100 jurors, and he's got just picked up a second... Uh, notary to help him out with a lot of cases and that may be a, an option for other groups to latch on to the process to get the default first and then have a jury of 12 even online web web cameras to send documents email fax machines to get all the jurors up to speed on where you are at in the process and if everybody agrees They'll sign the judgment that's act, that that is actually in effect, and then you know if the sheriff don't help, you can add him as a defendant, or you can you know round up a posse and just go after and collect whatever you need you know whatever you need to get the other party to pay or perform. So I mean that's that seems the best way to get a court of uh, of record 
going is establishing the record and the paperwork and getting it all there as the foundation before you bring in the jury to sign the judgment. And I yield. If I if I may, please go ahead. Um, I was going to suggest that sounds like overkill because uh, what we've done locally is that um, you know we filed the notice and then the claim and um, since there's no rebuttal, uh, we filed the order. So once all that's done and you have a judgment by default, that's the order. Why would it be necessary to convene a jury? Because the judgment is 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 you know um, pretty self-evident if there's no rebuttal of your claim. Um, enforcement still remains an issue, and there's no way, at least locally here, to get the sheriff involved in trying to uh, you know obtain justice. Um, I've talked with them. They think they have absolute immunity and, you know, they think they work for the judge and for the court in which, you know, um, we have no, uh, you know, we, we have no access to. Um, so I, I think I've sent this out on, on the um, uh, email list um, for possible, um, I guess, ways of getting around that um, as far as um, filing a claim against their bond, um, and we haven't actually done that yet. Well, we're getting ready and, and um, to, to try that to see if it, um, in fact, works because the word out in the street is that if there's more than three claims against their bond, then they lose their insurance, their indemnity, and they can't work anymore. So mm-hmm. that's the next step, whereas we're trying to, um, you know, uh, to do, to, to see where it leads us because, you know, un- unless you do it locally and get results, um, it's just, um, you know, ideas. So um, as, as far as getting compensation or for damages, I just don't see that happening now. But um, possibly getting the monkey off your back by, um, you know, if, if, if the word is out that, um, hey, people are aware now they can, you know, come after our bonds if we do wrong, then maybe um, that might dissuade some of them. I'm not really sure. But... Um, yeah, as far as what you're talking about, the sheriff, there, there's no way that that happens. It could happen here, will happen, at least here locally. So I'm just speaking locally. Um, yeah, and enforcement, you know, remains an issue. That's why I'm, I'm looking for avenues to um, to actually turn things around. And uh, I guess that's why we're all here, because no one has the... Um, the, the answer, because if we do have the answer, then it needs to be repeatable, and it's just not a fluke here and there. Um, but um, that's been my experience. If I may. Sister, can you can you tell tell us your name again? My name? Yeah. Yeah, this is Terry. Terry, there we go. Thank you, Terry. Terry. Um, David? If I might uh, yeah, you, you actually had, had gotten the question that I wanted to ask, uh, uh, except I was going to also ask what state she's in. Um, but uh, uh, if maybe we can find that out uh, next time she speaks. Um, uh, I did want to concur with uh, what she said. And again, I want to revert back to what I was proposing with regard to Jim Wright. Uh, Terry says that, you know, we don't have a, a way, but... Um, you know, and if we did, then we'd have to have a, a, a way to have it be repeated. 
Well, every phone call that I'm on that Jim Wright is on, Jim Wright has a way. I mean, we're, uh, that that uh, that he's tried, tested, done, and uh, keeps the starting uh, that involves the provost marshal and and uh, a number of other steps. And I hear it over and over again. I just don't write it down each and every time. And so uh, I would like to put that to the test. And uh, again, in a in a in a research type of a way in which he outlines those steps. We do it publicly. Uh, we uh, I pursue it. I'll do every single step that he wants me to do because I already got all, Charles, you know I got all the facts. I already got all the evidence. I already served it on him. I've already done run the gamut. And, yeah. uh, and it, it's now time, according to what Jim Wright says, this ultimately leads to the evidence that the military needs to say, that's it. We'll step in. You've already done everything, and you've done it all right, except every time I bring it up, Jim Wright says that it wasn't all right because I didn't include the provost marshal, and I didn't do step one through eight exactly the way he outlined it. And so I'll go ahead and do that, but if I'm going to do this one more time with the, you know, and go beyond the gamut that I've already run, I'm going to do it in a public scenario. I'm going to do it in a research-type tracking fashion, and I'm going to use it with the advice that is that you know he does it is very assertive that this is the way, and he will do it if he needs to, and we all should be doing it, and that's just the way it is, and I'm I'm ready to go for it. So uh, I yield. Well, um, I was going to ask if he has any any proof. I mean, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, this is the way to do it. This is the absolute way to do it, but without providing proof. I've experienced that here locally, and I'm from Hawaii, by the way, which is a little bit different than jurisdiction because Hawaii is um, illegally occupied. And our sheriffs here, we don't have any, uh, they're all appointed. There's no uh, election for sheriffs. But I've heard of another group, you know, local group here, the Hawaiians, um, doing the uh, provost marshal and the notary and all that. And um, I've heard of him being thrown in jail. So... I don't know what the protocol is because, um, you know, I didn't really get involved personally, um, but that has just been my experience here. And like I said, you know, um, things need testing out. So um, if it's not going to cost too much, I mean, as far as as, as, um, putting yourself into a predicament where you might get harmed, um, then uh, get people together locally and just um, try it and see. But for all these people who say, oh, well, this is the absolute way, oh, this is the answer, and they provide no evidence of, I'm skeptical nowadays because, you know, I followed through too many of those rabbit holes, and it was a wild goose chase that led nowhere. Um, so that's, that's, that would be what I would do is ask for proof. You say that this is what works, um, provide some proof. Um, you know, we'd like to see it. So we can, you know, copy. For the person that, like Jim Wright, who appears to be too busy, as as Wonder Ann said, he's on a trip right now. I don't want to obstruct his his work with the Beacon 37 and all the needs that the Beacon 37 needs to do uh, uh, that way. But 
uh, so I'm not going to ask that he, you know, dig into his boxes and go into his attic and pull this proof out and set it all out and make sure that I get it. He's he's not tech savvy. So that's why I'm willing to go out and and just all I want is for him to give me the steps in a in in on the Beacon 37 call or anywhere else publicly where we can record it. We get it down. I do it and and I will prove it. I will have the proof. Uh, you know, and again, it'll be a, a done in a scientific, you know, foolproof way because he'll have complete authority over me doing it, what steps need to be done, at what point the provost marshal comes in, what's supposed to go into the letter, because he's already said it umpteen times every time I'm on a call with him. He's he's telling everybody this is the way it needs to be done and that he'd do it again if, if he needed to, and, and you know, he he'll he'll rant about that and I'm ready to do I'm I'm ready to go with it and then I'll provide the proof I yield and I really want to validate you for that David and one of the things he has he has had most of that material copied and and Marilyn when she was down here in April actually has that in her house now and she's a lot closer to you. You're well. You're Michigan. Uh, she's Minnesota, but it is a, maybe no, not really. Pennsylvania is closer to Michigan. And um, but what what I'm saying is there's materials for you to gain from Maryland that can be sent to you that might expedite this arrangement that you're uh, anticipating to do, which I think is commendable because Jim's having, and this is not an aspersion against Jim. He is an extremely intelligent man, and uh, he's he is amazing at how much he remembers. I mean, I sometimes forget to come in out of the rain almost, and um, he's a year younger than I am. So we laugh about that. But the issue here is that because he has it at his fingertips, what I am seeing, and this may just be my premise, that's why I like what you're thinking of doing, is that we know the courts made us look like fools because we learned it one way. And they changed the rules so that we look like the greater fool. And that is what I know has made a difference in what Jim is doing because Jim has done it under the old regime, I think. I think, and I'm I'm really stating that very clearly. What you would be doing is not proving Jim wrong, but proving him right in today's method that it still does work. And that is why I think would be a very good point for a lot of us to, uh, but I think it should be approached, he should be approached on the phone rather than on the call. And I'm just saying... The public. Of you doing it, yeah, uh, I yield. All right. Well, I and I and I'm 
because I don't want to. I'm 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 so sick of being the Lone Ranger and the Maverick and everything that I've been doing. I've I, I've learned one thing for sure out of all this, that I can't do things by myself. And yeah. even if I was to get this, this gold mine of information from Marilyn or anybody else who's got it, uh, again, that means me sifting through this stuff, me taking the action to do it, and then maybe me properly reporting it. But then, again, I'm not getting... I want to get the instruction because it's easy for me to interpret an action that I saw. Maybe I I, I missed uh, or Marilyn forgets to send me uh, the, the 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 14th package of you know of 30 that that I'm that gives all the steps and and so I take that step and and I report what I did. Oh, now I've just done it wrong. You know, I I missed that one step. And I hear this all the time. Well, Dave, you did. You, you should have done this. You should have done that. You should have done. Well, then look. I'm tired of hearing that after the fact. I want to hear it before the fact. I will follow your instructions. So therefore, you of anybody cannot say that I did it wrong. But in in any event, you will be proved. You're right. I will be proving Jim's uh, Jim's right and that that method does work because. You know, no, he, you know how assertive he is that it does work. Mm-hmm. It did work. It will work. It will always work. And that's the way it is. And the, I just like the end result. The military will step in because they've seen enough and they've gotten enough information and that's all they need. And, and that, that, that's the bottom line. And I'm, I'm after the bottom line now. I want results. I want my I'm with you on that, and I agree. And, I mean, I'll back you up and uh, see what we can do to to have you two sit down and and get it. He, As you say, he's not computer lit, and it would be, it would be you and Marilyn working out what documents, once he's taught you what it is, the documents you need. I, I don't know. I don't know the documents. I I didn't have time. Can I jump in? On the call. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll present that Sunday night on the call. I'm going to yield for a while. Okay, Okay, babe. That's perfect. I'd I'd like to jump in. and uh, Of course, y'all can do whatever um, God's Holy Spirit seems to be telling you to do. But... um, um, uh, the the general process that that I'm gleaning that that Jim is advocating, um, um, I I I I think it's similar to how I view the Colorado Eight Foreman the jury process in that there's there's we've since since America was founded we've had Roman civil municipal law adulterating the pure common law that. Um, um, is logically deducible from the historical accounts and evidence that we've got available as to what was in place prior to the Norman Conquest of 1066 A.D. And and we've got the right to revert back to that pure common law due process ideal. And, And when we start talking in terms of organizing, from the grassroots bottom up in our local townships and, and, and precincts, 
then then that creates a peer environment with just a small community where a, a peer form of common law is in place and there is no adulterations and dysfunctionalities coming in through adulterations from the Roman civil municipal law that's plagued us for close to a thousand years now. Um, and and um, uh, like the, the Colorado 8 group and, and most of the other groups, it's difficult to comprehend how quick and simple it can be to arrive at a common law jury verdict and then you've got the higher law, supreme power of a jury verdict there, instead of all this corporate administrative commercial default process that 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 is is a form of summary process that's all just various different forms of Roman authoritarianism. And 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 um um Terry, I believe from Hawaii was talking earlier and, and um uh, somebody else too, um, um, I think about securing. Oh, it was Gazoo, great Gazoo, uh, talking about the the Hansen um, case. He appeared in Angela's call last night, and him and Gazoo talked a bit. And and you know, Hansen, Paul Hansen, was the main guest. He's been on the invitation list, and I've talked to him personally. Invited him here. He doesn't appear, but when when he goes through the extra efforts of securing that default judgment first, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work up front on the individual litigant to secure the administrative default judgment. You've got to have notaries lined up, and you've got to uh, have your, your expenses or your green cards mailing going back and forth and all that kind of stuff, and it takes time. You can proceed straight to the jury verdict without going through that preliminary step of all the administrative default process. And when you comprehend that it doesn't need to be all convoluted and adulterated with Roman civil municipal statutory uh, goofiness like the Colorado 8 are all entangled in, then it's like with the Keith Livingway verdict that we still need another three signatures on. And I'm just mentioning here, hey, Gazoo and others that you haven't uh, uh, looked at, uh, um, people that have not been able to uh, uh, had opportunity to um, uh, uh, look at the Keith Livingway verdict in the Samuel Gerard case. We need to start uh, uh, assembling juror verdicts for that because the, the bottom line is whether or not each of you have become, quote, sufficiently informed to administer justice with regard to the controversy before the court, unquote. You just have to have enough knowledge to know what's in the interest of justice here. Then you can authorize your signature, and then we've got one-twelfth of another juror verdict for our full jury verdict right there. And, and, and it's just kind of a polling process as we go along and build the 12-person community. That's the way it was done prior to the Norman Conquest in 1066 AD. That's the pure, unadulterated roots of what common law is supposed to be. But nobody's doing it. Everybody's all goofy and, and bogged down with top-heavy preconceived notions that we got to uh, uh, do all kinds of other stuff here when, when the whole common law due process jury trial verdict is really quite simple and efficient to put together. I yield. Orpha from Illinois. Yes. yes. Uh, 
Charles, I just want to say I sent you my email so you can send that information to me. Excellent. I, I'm I'm looking for it, Orpha. Um, okay. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, sister. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I see the mailing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's okay to add uh, your email address in the uh, jury verdict and things, so it's kind of public there. Or no? You should write um, that private and just say contact me or something. Oh, is that what everybody else is doing? I mean, I, I don't know. There's a mixture. I, a lot of us are, are, are going public. I like to encourage people to be public, but for people that, that are willing to add their name, and but they prefer their email and phone number and things to be private, uh, I, I'll respect that. And it, just having your name there is good enough. And I can just say things like uh, if, if people want to uh, talk to the individual jurors, um, uh, that that's part of the process. This is why our process is superior, is because if if any of our twelve jurors, um, uh, if if somebody that that's had a judgment rendered against them, all of a sudden can come back and say, wait a second, wait a second, you guys are all goofed up. You don't understand what really happened and why your jury verdict's unfair. And if they can convince you, Orpha, or or David, or anybody else, wonder that 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 you've made a mistake. What you're what you're doing, signing on to this jury verdict, is really not in the interest of justice. Then all of a sudden, you guys can contact me and and tell me that hey, you want your 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 name taken off of that jury verdict document, and then we'll have to go looking for somebody else, or else recognize the merits of the argument and dismantle the whole thing. See, the pathway is open for the accused to um 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 contact jurors and dismantle our jury verdict at the very moment that we're trying to enforce it. And um, um, at that point, when we're proceeding against power figures like judges and stuff, and the cops are on the front line saying, oh, you guys are all prejudiced, you can't uh, 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 proceed against our judge, we'll pull out the AR-15s and blast you, Um, uh, we can respond, we can say, well... The judge hasn't responded. He's defaulted. And if he had an argument, uh, uh, he could be telling us right now about it. And any one of our 12 jurors would be listening to him. And if he could convince just one of our 12 jurors that our position is unmeritorious, we would, our, our consensus would fall apart and, and, and we would have to retreat. But right now, we've got all 12 agreeing that this is a lawful uh, arrest warrant or whatever we're trying to enforce here. And, um, and, 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 and the moral high ground and the legal high ground is on our side. And you, Mr. Police Officer, have a lawful duty to step out of our way. Um, I, I yield. Somebody else was trying to say something there, I think. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'd like to respond to that a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, I I don't mind putting myself out there. I really don't. Um, I do want to know, though, is is this being public as far as the document goes, the journal document, or is this something that's going to be posted in the newspaper? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How public is the document going that's going to have my my name and my... Um, email address on it. I mean, I just want to well, well, I, I have clarification. Go to, 
Yeah, I don't think that um, um, we'll go to um, uh, copy link uh, newspapers or anything like that, but I'm posting the web link to the jury verdict document that we've got in the Keith Livingway case that you've agreed to sign on to, our friend, that I was right. open to put. Yeah, um, so it's just on the web page for right now, and at least regard to the Keith Livingway case, I don't think it's going to get much more exposure than just being on the web page and things. Somebody's got a phone ring in there. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Ah, Wonder Ann's call. Uh, oh, I've got Hello. Uh, Jerry, is that your phone that's ringing? Oh, I don't know. I thought... I thought somebody called me, so I I just hit the button to say hello. Yeah, well, that may uh, have caused it to ring. We're still on the conference call. Are you okay yeah, with I'm that? still yeah. listening. Yeah, you're I, still I'm listening. sorry if I disturbed my, I, I don't know, my daughter called me. Okay. Well, are you and I hung up with her, and I I've, I can hang up right now with you. You want to hang up? Or no, I'd I'd like to continue listening. Well, you can. We just have to be quiet. Thank you. Yeah, you're fine. Okay, baby. I, I guess my my only thing is I mean I don't mind my email address address <laughs> my email address being put on there. I just don't want to suddenly be getting just inundated with something in my email ad email all the time. I just don't know where you know how that's going well, to be. Sure. I, I, I can I can keep your email address off, Ofra. Um, some of us are, are are more public and. Uh, 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 willing to take the um, um, uh, risk there, and 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 our jurors are precious. Okay, you're precious uh, to, to to building the consensus. Uh, the Keith Livingway case is is just kind of a, a thorn in our side here, but other cases like the Samuel Gerard case and the cases of David where we need people supporting us, um, we need people with the courage like you. And if it makes you feel more comfortable to keep your email address private, we can just say things like, I, Charles Stewart. Uh, if, if you would like to talk to o- Ofra, uh, 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 let me know your contact information. And... Um, 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 I'll I'll let Ofra know about it, and 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 she can give you a call directly or send you an email. Uh, if there's anybody that wants to contact our jurors with regard to this Keith Livingway case or any other case that we're signing on to, um, um, the uh, we 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 can put people in touch with our jurors that way, especially when our jurors would prefer a little bit more privacy. Um, well. Uh- uh, let, let me try and make my position a little clearer. Um, it's not that I mind being public. You know, that's that's not what's bothering me. I just don't want to suddenly see a bunch of junk in my email. That's what I'm right, right. Well, about. Um, that, already that got it. <laughs> um, 
that's a concern for us all, and, and perhaps it's better for now. I'll just keep it private. Some of us prefer to go public, and it, 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 we're, we're good, Elfra. Um, um, but I think we had a number of, of, of more pressing issues. Uh, I'll just plan on keeping your email address private and, and our precious time in conference here. I think we should, should uh, try to devote most of it uh, for talking about um, more pressing issues there, sister. Well, let me think about it, and I'll get back with you. I yield. That, that, that's excellent. That, this is the fluid way that it works. We can, we can see common law is so beautiful. We, we can adjust the comfort <laughs> level for everybody. It's not statutory, mechanical, human meat grinder type of process we're doing here. Yep. Uh, thank if you. If I may? Yes, yes. Go, go ahead, Mr. Gentleman. I'm sorry, I've been speaking a lot. I I was just gonna go back to address uh, something that Charles had said much earlier as one of the agenda items, which was to to deal with uh, um, uh, getting uh, qualified elector status uh, um, to others uh, to nominate others that we might need to put together some form of a database, and uh, even though it's not a meat grinder, I, I think we need to try to streamline a process uh, and a and a, and a, uh, a one local one location where uh, anybody can go, everyone can go, um, everybody knows where it is, who's got it, or whatever, where it's posted, so that um, we can add to it at our leisure, and, and it's not uh, everywhere. But, you know, maybe that's not the method to use if we're talking about grassroots. I don't know. But uh, I, I yield, and I thank you very much uh, to the lady that yielded for me. I'd like thank to return you. to that, but, yes, the the, the lady that was um, trying to make a point, go ahead, please. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of new to this. So I'm just wanting to clarify, Charles, if you are convening like an international jury, is, um, is, is that what I'm hearing? Because um, I guess jurors can be from any state or any nation. Uh, we can go that broadly. We were rather focusing just on USA National, but... If, if there's a case brought before us, we could step into the vacuum. Uh, well, what I uh, mean international is that each state is its own nation. Okay, well. Is it not? Yes, yes, we can think in those kind of terms, and yes. Okay, and once again, I guess um, it comes back down to, okay, so once we have a jury and then they adjudicate, then what? Well, first of all, you've just accomplished the most powerful legal position on on the cosmic chessboard. If you look at the Seventh Amendment, a jury verdict is the highest form of law in the United States of America. Right, and I agree with that, and that's what we're trying to accomplish locally. Um, you know, with our own, I guess, rural assembly, which I. I had mistakenly thought that, you know, that um, our local, um, I guess, uh, court, um, but uh, I recently found out that that's not the case. Um, so, 
short of doing that, let's say if we were to convene, let's not say international right now, let's keep it on a national level, locally, on a local level. So if we have a wrongdoer, which is the prosecutor, and we convene um, 12 jurists locally, and we hold court, and the the jurists come to a decision, um, the problem is still, okay, what then? What's the next step? Well, so regardless the only if it's thing, local or not, I'm sorry, go ahead. The, the only thing left there is the enforcement issue. Right. Okay, and, and, and um, um, a lot of people um, um, misconstrue that as something other than um, um, actual physical enforcement. They, they they think that like filing liens or something is a form of enforcement. In my book, that's not enforcement. Enforcement is is uh, executive officers with arrest warrants and handcuffs. Mm-hmm. So how does that get accomplished? Well, that's accomplished through through the, the right down to the grassroots power level, the cutting edge of our, our, our town constables and peace officers. The, the, these peace officers have the right to use whatever force is necessary when they are issuing, uh, when they are enforcing a lawfully executed arrest warrant, and further thereunder. Those peace officers have the right to 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 command the obedience of as many people as as each town constable thinks is necessary in order to assist them with the service of the process, such as the, the arrest warrant, if necessary. This is an Oregon statute. There's an Oregon statute. I can post a web link to it, and I believe it's a co- solid common law principle that that is probably repeating in, in, in somewhere in the statutes of most of the other states. But in, in Oregon, it's a statute, and it says clearly that when an officer apprehends that resistance will be made to his execution of any service or or process or paperwork that is issued uh, by the court that 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 peace officer is in the service of, any resistance whatsoever, if he apprehends that, he has the right to basically deputize, to command the obedience of as many other people. Um, to, to assist him in the, in the service and execution of that process. And, and, and at that point, we've got a, a real solid format for going into any courtroom and, and, and pursuing justice or, or any city council chambers or, or any county um, um, uh, governing body chambers and, and to basically... Um, bring about the paradigm shift that we think is appropriate, whatever that may be. I I hear you, <laughs> and um, it's um, you know, I just don't know how that can be accomplished because uh, at the local level, I don't know about you know international level, which where you're talking about, but locally, um, that is always the issue: is the enforcement. If we're having problems enough in organizing and um, and and uh, getting jurists to participate, it would be, I think, even more difficult to ask people to, um, um, I guess, interface with uh, men with guns. 
well, <laughs> and, well, and, and trying to enforce. <laughs> sure, and, and it, it, the the individuals assisting us would not have to wear guns. Uh, pe- people could could choose their own um, uh, level of of armament. Um, but but if I could paint a scenario here, see, it's difficult for a lot of people to get their minds around how I believe the the the, the chessboard is actually laid out here, and um, um, the um, the the one probably the biggest point in in talking about this executive issue is that. There are all kinds of militia people all across the USA that are, are really concerned about the Orwellian New World Order agenda to take away all the gun rights under the Second Amendment. Okay, these people are waking up in night, uh, in middle of the night with cold sweats, thinking about SWAT teams coming in, busting their doors down, and taking their guns away. And 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 and, and, and a lot of them are ready to fight on that particular flimsy issue. If we do public outreach uh, explaining to them that that we've got judicial officers in place in in the precincts all across the U.S. of A. that comprehend how due process of law works, but we need people that are concerned about gun rights that are willing to assume the offices of town constables in in the 10 townships into which every single precinct in the entire 200,000 uh, precincts all across the USA are politically subdivided. When when we talk to our um, that may, that 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 mathematically figures out to two two million townships all across the USA because there's two hundred thousand precincts approximately, and each of them have ten townships. So that's two million townships all across the USA with where the town constable has the right to carry whatever arms is necessary and to be in the service of a judicial officer at the precinct level. And and at that point, our gun rights people that are in panic mode right now at this very moment when we talk, their adrenal glands are pumping because they're afraid that, that, that um, um, de facto's are going to come and take their guns away. They can be de- they can be brought in as town constables or deputy town constables as peace officers, and at that point, um, um, the they've got the right to carry their arms, to bear their arms, because they're no longer just 14th Amendment slaves. They're not under any type of a legal disability. Once they become qualified electors and are recognized as such within our precinct-level jurisdiction, court of justice, court of law, then, then they have a status that that they don't need to mail in a revocation of their birth certificate or any of that other convoluted stuff that that is the standard remedies here the 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 obtainment of qualified elector status cures all of those presumed defects and they're all presumptions there's no substance behind them anyway they're all done in bad faith we're taking the moral high ground and the legal high ground here and and these people especially the gun rights people they have the right to to 
to assist us in building a community that is lawfully armed, lawfully armed, and 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 upholding the the sacred cause of justice. This is a biblical cause. It's sacred, and and it's prioritized. That the cause of justice is in the preamble of our state and national constitutions. This is the cause of justice is priority. In Oregon, we've got a statute that says basically that that anybody can do anything they want. Anybody can do anything they want if they are justified in doing so. And how do we decide if they're justified? You need consensus of 12 people. That's the bottom line. That this is why the administrative process is, is, is rather off point. You, and somebody else, I forget who, talked earlier about, uh, well, Hansen, Gazoo, uh, do the administrative process first and then, uh, um, uh, 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 then have your jury uh, affirm the administrative process. Well, that's out of harmony with due process of law. Your jury isn't concerned about whether or not uh, uh, administrative process was properly completed. Your jury is concerned about whether or not a breach of the peace was uh, uh, completed. Um, that's the issue before the jury, not whether or not you got an administrative default. Paul Hansen's profoundly insightful, but, but he, don't, he, he doesn't comprehend the simplicity of due process of law. And a straight-off point there, I should throttle back and yield here, I yield. If, if I may, Charles, what you're talking about is um, a parallel to the Continental Marshals, um, I guess, group that is part of the, 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 um, the judges group that you're a part of. Um, I, I haven't been on that call lately. Um, is, is that, does that coincide with, with what you're talking about and how is that process going along? Because I hear that um, they've encountered some snags along the way. It was going really well. And then there were problems um, last I uh, was listening to the calls. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is that the Colorado group you're referring to, there, um, sister? Yes. 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 And, and is this Terry that I'm talking to again? Yes. Okay, very good, Terry. Yes. Um, um, I tuned in uh, uh, the Wednesday conference that they were doing there, and perhaps you didn't hear me. I talked about it a little bit earlier in the conference here, but um, – uh, uh, the, I think it was Steve Curry that was leading the group there. Um, perhaps I have that wrong. But um, uh, see, a, a lot, it, when we comprehend the polarity between common law on the one side and Roman civil municipal law on the other side, and we put that in the historical context of the Norman conquest of 1066, we realize that since that time, Romanism has been artificially overlaid over our more perfect common law system of, of responsible self-government in our local communities. And that's that Roman civil municipal law is statutory and clunky and mechanical. It's not concerned about principles and about quickly and efficiently moving through organic process to secure the justice for the common people. And 
and with all due respect to Mr. Curry, and and, and if Paul Hansen is also uh, going through assembling juries, and and a number of good other people. I I, I presume that all of these people are 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 good-hearted people. Did I, I until shown otherwise? I'm going to presume that way, um, even though I know we're saturated with COINTELPRO subversives. But but the my point is that that. It's really difficult to break your mind free from all of the preconceived notions of how the de facto Roman civil courts run jury trial process. And so are other people like Paul Hansen and, 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 and Steve Curry with the Colorado 8 group. Uh, um, the, with all due respect, they, they, they seem to be entangled in a lot of these statutory Roman civil municipal preconceived notions that is making the process that they're using cumbersome and mechanical and 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 difficult to 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 build the consensus of the jurors around it imposes humongous workloads on 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 the jurors the 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 Colorado Wednesday group that I tuned into um uh, I listened to it for about an hour and a half before I just hung up because they, they were all bogged down in little stuff, uh, technicalities, taking O's and all kinds of stuff. And 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 so I hope I answered your question. I kind of rambled there a bit, Terry. Please correct me if, if um, I failed to focus properly on answering your question. Well, my uh, so you're saying that their process as far as the um, enforcement with the the um, continental marshals that doesn't parallel what you're talking about as far as the constables. Do they have? Is there any relevance to to the continental marshals um, um, enacting enforcement? Um. um. With a minor, minor qualification, I would say no. I, I would encourage that. I would encourage um, the entire group there uh, uh, to shy away from the term marshal. I think that's a word derived from Roman civil municipal law um, and military law. Um, um, well, maybe not military, but Roman civil municipal anyway, and, and adopt the term peace officers and constables, because in pure common law, it was our township level town constables that were peace officers that were the executive authority. And, and I see no basis in, in common law tradition for that terminology marshals. I, I I think they probably got it from the the terminology of the US Marshals in the Constitution document, which is um uh again derived from Roman civil municipal law. Okay, thank you. Point of, point of uh of of information and it may just be my from what you've been saying, this is Wonderan out of South Carolina and what I'm hearing is someone is in there stalemating them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't help but think that they, they've probably got a COINTELPRO subversive or two within their group that's just, just when they start making some progress, he takes them off on another rabbit hole or something where they get lost and confused for another hour and a half. Because when you do a jury thing, those jurists are in a group sworn in. They're not individually sworn in. 
Uh, or well, and, and and they don't need to take take the swearing and, until they actually arrive at the verdict. They, 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 to my mind, they need to swear that the verdict is just and true. Um, um, uh, at at the end of the proceeding, that they've weighed the evidence responsibly, and then they believe before God that this is a just and true verdict. You don't need to swear them in at the start. And that see that's the norm. That's quote unquote the uh, legal methodology. Because I know Orpha, you were on a grand jury, and you'd have some reality on that. But I I would think that. Uh, I, I, I smell a rat. Is what I smell. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm apprehensive also. I'm sure there's a lot of good people there, but but, um, and, and I try to reach out to them. But I, I, again, and this is why I like the open format, like what I try to keep going here, where people can interact and raise their issues as we're proceeding along. If it gets too too regimented. Um, Robert's Rules of Order can uh, does um, uh, provide enough structure, but it can get overly constrictive, and where, where people don't feel uh, comfortable um, uh, saying, "Wait a second, I got a question. This doesn't seem right to me." And um, um, uh, it's really difficult to do that when you've got statutory clunky type formalities that can can transpire under Robert's rules. But when you keep the rules more open and loose, like what we're generally trying to follow here, um, people can, can organically jump up and say, wait a second, I got a, a question, a point of confusion. And, and we encourage that because, because if we're doing something wrong, we want to know about it now so we can cure it so we, it doesn't come around and bite us in the butt later on. But but people that are all in, entangled in, in in formalism and statutory clunkiness, they can't get uh, uh, fringe uh, people jumping up and saying, "Wait a second, this don't seem right to me," uh, because they're all concerned about the formalities of the rules rather than addressing the essence of the cause of justice that can that should always constantly be the the central focal point of of the entire community. I yield. I agree. Oh, can I make some comments? Uh, please, Eric. Yes, your insight is 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 very precious here. I want to. I, I'm glad to have you here, sir. Please uh, uh, share insight, sir. Okay. Well, sorry it's taken me a while to get warmed up, but um, <laughs> I was busy with some other things, uh, and I wanted to just review some comments from back to the beginning, like you know, two hours ago almost. <laughs> uh, starting with your comment about um, uh, there being no uh, adherence to law and due process, and it seems like uh, you know the courts and the judges and all that uh, disregard uh, the people and the people's paperwork and the people's process and stuff. And around that time, uh, maybe an hour and a half ago or so, I posted into the room a link to where people could find uh, a book, Military Government and Martial Law, by William Berkheimer from 100 years ago, 1914. And the reason I posted that is because there, I've got some quotes I want to read from that that kind of describe the situation we're in. And I think there's uh, logic that uh, 
supports the concept that we are in undeclared martial law. Uh, we have military flags with fringes flying. The Libra Code uh, from Lincoln's um, presidency in 1863 uh, has never been repealed or, or ended. In fact, the Civil War was never, le never, let's see, I guess it was, there was a piece of Appomattox, but I'm not sure the declaration of war was repealed, but uh, the, the more recent evidences of military rule are uh, when presidents declare war on this or war on that. I mean, I can remember all the way back to uh, President Johnson declaring the war on poverty, and then we had Nixon's war on drugs, and then we had, we've had other wars on this, or and the most recent one being the war on terrorism. So in my opinion, those are all renewed uh, declarations of of martial law by uh, uh, presidents. Uh, the the one prominent one I uh, left out that everybody's familiar with is the, you know, from their history books anyway, nobody's that old, I don't think anymore, uh, here uh, is the 1933 Declaration of, uh, uh, let's see, it, the the, uh, national emergency due to the due to the economic um, the the financial crisis from the depression, the banking holiday, and national emergency and martial law declaration by Roosevelt. So, yes. um, with those and with those with that uh, foundation, let me just read some of these comments, not comments, some of these excerpts from Berkheimer's Military Government and Martial Law. And I'll let everybody make their own <laughs> opinion as to whether that sounds like what we're what's going on today. Okay. Quote, one of the powers expressly given Congress is to provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. While the president is made commander in chief of the army and the navy and of the militia of the several states when called into actual service. Next quote, the Constitution has placed no limit upon the war powers of the government, but they are re regulated and limited by the laws of war. One of these powers is the right to institute military governments. Next quote, the instituting military government in any country by the commander of a foreign army um, is not only a belligerent right, but often a duty. It is incidental to the state of war and it appertains to the law of nations. The rights of occupation may be placed upon the broad foundation of simple military necessity. Okay, so those are some big statements. And then this next quote is not out of Berkheimer, it's out of the Constitution, Article 4, Clause 3, Congress shall have, it says the Congress, shall have power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territory or other property belonging to the United States. Uh, okay, so then going back to comments, uh, sections from the book. 
The character of government is to be established over conquered territory depends entirely upon the laws of the dominant power or the orders of the military commander. One object of military government is to render the hold of the conqueror secure and enable him to set the seal on his success. And as the military power alone is competent to do this, to maintain social order during the war, the government so established must of necessity be a military government. It is imposed by the conqueror as a belligerent right to impose restrictions or confer privileges upon the inhabitants of the rebellious territory so occupied. Next quote. No proclamation of the part of the victorious commander is, necess is necessary to the lawful inauguration and enforcement of military government. Let me just read that again because when I started, I, I said un, undeclared martial law, so this, this supports that. Quote, no proclamation on the part of the victorious commander is ne necessary to the lawful inauguration and enforcement of military government. That government results from the fact that the former sovereignty is ousted. And uh, I don't think I need you to even make any comments on that. Uh, Eric, um, can, can, can we bring it all to uh, a conclusion here in, in modern applicability? I think your main point is likely that we are under de facto military government occupation at this point. Is that correct? Well, uh, I think that's one argument. I think that's an... I think that's what the de facto is operating by, um, which, uh, hang on, let me just uh, see if there's one other one here that uh, I can, um, there was another one here, and I don't see it right off, but essentially what it alludes to is the fact that the law being applied is whatever the enforcer at, on the spot decides is the law. And mm -hmm. so that kind of, um, that implies that a uh, a policy enforcer uh, decides what is going to be the law right then and there, knowing that he will get backed up by his superiors and the courts and the judges all the way up to the top. And yeah. that seems to be how they act. So that's that that's one answer to why it seems like they don't um the 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 authorities the government the uh judges the courts the uh government officers the elected public servants don't seem to regard what the people are doing because uh they seem to be acting in a military capacity now that's that's one comment I have from about an hour ago, an hour and a half ago. Now now I'd like to switch gears and go to uh, trial by jury and jural societies. Okay. Uh, well, with, any, uh, without objection, are there any objections to Eric going on to er another point here? Hearing none, go ahead, Eric. <laughs> okay. Um A lot of people on the call are familiar with me uh, talking about the Texian Journal Society every week. Uh, 
And the reason I do that is because, uh, in my opinion, that's the simplest, easiest, most uh, effective and immediate remedy to most people's problems with government and, and policies and uh, application of policy and agents uh, making demands and uh, all that with the people. The, the premise is that uh, all of us that were all of us Americans are co-tenants of the sovereignty. That's the way it was created. That predates the Constitution, and that's the what the Declaration of Independence was based on. Is that is that uh, we all can self-govern our affairs, and we all have an equal share in the sovereignty. So the Seventh Amendment that refers to uh, a trial by jury and that no decision of a trial by jury can be heard by any court of the United States is what was in effect before the Constitution and even before the Declaration of Independence. That was people managing their affairs by uh, self-governing themselves and, and operating by the Golden Rule, by the uh, Ten Commandments and uh, respecting each other, honoring their contracts, and knowing that uh, if there was a problem that they couldn't resolve with someone, that it should go to a jury of their twelve of twelve of their peers, and uh, and things would be decided then. So at this point, I want to answer a question Terry brought up about an hour ago, which was why does a anybody need to call a jury to hear something that's been ordered from a default, uh, a default judgment and an order. And uh, I, I think I got that pretty close to being accurately restated. Um, and the reason for a trial by jury is because a trial by jury of 12 peers is, is uh, you know, by long, long established custom and usage over a thousand years. Uh, the only way any uh, anything could be taken or property uh, assets or life be taken is a unanimous jury of 12 peers. That's the only way things can be taken uh, is a trial, uh, an order by a trial by jury of 12 peers. So... <clears throat> That's why it's important for an order to be uh, presented to <clears throat> a trial by jury. The, the way it's done in Texas is very simple. Uh, each of us, as a co-tenant of the sovereignty, we are the judge of our own court. We are, we are all judges. We, we have our court. There is no other court. When, when they have a trial by jury, it's not in a court. It is, it is a... Uh, presentation of 12 peers, but they are all equal co-tenant jurists themselves. And, and it's even simpler th than that. It's, it's, no, it's no evidence. It's no, uh, um, let's see, it's not to resolve a dispute. It's to, pre it's to judge on the evidence because invariably uh, it's <laughs> – it's it's a matter of just judging that the paperwork has is is sufficient to ratify the validity of the paperwork and let me so let me describe that um, 
most people on this call, I believe, understand that the de facto government uh, deals with corporate fictions. It's a corporate fiction, and it can only deal with corporate fictions. But we all are flesh and blood people. And so when something comes in a mail or a ticket gets written or, you know, there's a bill or some other uh, presentment from the de facto government, it comes in the name of the fiction. And uh, in Texas, they've been they've pretty well perfected the way to respond to that, which is a uh, lawful appearance. It's considered an appearance, but it's a non-appearance appearance. And what that is is a non-statutory abatement. A non an abatement is considered an appearance, uh, and the non-statutory abatement is 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 very simple. It just says correct. Uh, I, I, this uh, something was received, whatever it is, you, you de, de identify it by its serial numbers and who it came from and who it was addressed to and all that kind of stuff and the date. This was received, but it was but it's defective. Correct the errors and resend it within 30 days or a uh, or a default will issue. And so what it's saying is for the de facto fictional government that's addressing a de facto, well, the, what they want is they want a flesh and blood to answer the de facto. That's how everybody gets snared into the system. So what the statute, non-statutory abatement says, uh, correct correct the errors in this. And you don't have to tell them the errors, but they, they should know their errors. They're, they're legal experts. They know exactly what's going on. So by by not correcting their errors, because they can't, they can't address a flesh and blood. They're a fiction. They can only address fictions. So they don't. So they can't answer that, and they don't answer that. And then the default issues, and the default gets sent to them. You you didn't proper. You didn't correct your error. So here's your default judgment from the court of me, because I am a I am <laughs> a co-tenant. Uh, judge of my court and my court issues this default judgment and then after thereafter if if anything comes again from this uh, anything comes again from that uh agency tax collector uh judge uh whatever then it's a contempt of court because uh the default judgment stops it it it's it's a judgment it stops it and it can't continue. So if it does continue, it's a contempt of that order of the court. And so the contempt of court and the paperwork, the uh, uh, record of the paperwork of this process is what gets heard at a trial by jury. So when, it, when there's a uh, contempt of court, that's a, that's a felony. Anybody who's uh, guilty of contempt of court loses their job and their and their pension and they're and they're out of it and all the public officials know that and so the paperwork process that led to the contempt of court from a presentment coming after a default judgment by one of the co-tenants that's what is uh, calls for a convening of a trial by jury among uh, the available members of a jural society, and there's no standing jury, there's no standing grand jury. Uh, there's 
a list of people who are uh, in the Jural Society or who are part who make up the Jural Society, and and they're requested to convene for a trial by jury, and hopefully there's more than twelve because it sh- should be done by a random selection. But uh, Texas is having trouble getting uh, twelve these days, and that's why I'm on this call to. Uh, rec- to invite uh, people from any state to uh, send their name in to the lady who coordinates the Texian Jural Society and uh, to uh, allow for anybody in any state to participate in remedies and to uh, avail themselves of the Texian Jural Society for remedy to their problems also. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll post that uh, name in the uh, link here in a minute, or I've, I think I lost it, but I can give it out again. It's um, uh, KSO. Here's a here's the uh, email address. It's KSONTAG, and then the number eight at gmail dot com. So it's it's Karen Sontag, KSONTAG, the number eight at gmail dot com. And um, she's the one that um, uh, collects the names of people who are interested in being involved in the Gerald Society. Uh, So getting back to uh, the actual trial by jury, so when when a trial by jury is convened and it's done uh, in proper order by notifying the uh, hmm. By notifying the party against whom the default judgment and the contempt of court order was presented or, or, or was issued against, so in other words, the offending party, the adverse party, is invited to the uh, trial by jury that's going to hear the what in this case or in most cases is a trial by record. It's just a it's just a presentation of the paperwork record and a and a uh a trial of the of the paperwork uh was it uh in order and is it complete and is it sufficient to uh make a judgment that the co-tenant jurist who ordered the contempt of uh sorry who issued the default judgment and then a subsequent uh contempt of court order if if his process is correct and complete. And uh, when those trials are held, the adverse party, they've never showed up because a uh, representative of the, of the de facto isn't, you know, the, well, they've just never showed up. They, they're they not likely to go into uh, the de jure arena of the living flesh and blood people because it's not their nature. They, they can only deal with fictions again. So... Um, Let's see. I'm just double checking that name. That it's Gmail. Yes, <laughs> K S O N T A G. The number eight at Gmail dot com. Um, I posted so, it in the chat window, Eric. Okay, thank you. So, so then when a uh, judgment of a trial by jury is issued, uh, that gets sent to the adverse party, it can get sent to the sheriff, it should go to the Secretary of State, and it should go to the governor, because those are all the elected public servants 
all the way up the chain to that state that here's the order of a trial by jury and so and so public official is uh been found in contempt of court and uh that's that's a serious offense and uh the the measure of success in these in Texas is that they never hear from that agency or never hear from that uh official or never get a tax bill it, you know everything goes away the best example i can give and i uh, I'm not privy to hand it out, but I've seen it, is uh, an order uh, of the Journal Society against the IRS. And subsequent to that, the IRS uh, convinced the um, <clears throat> district court judge who, who, re who rewrote an order the day he received the order from the trial by jury, uh, he, he, he had judged in the IRS's favor, but then when he got the order from the trial by jury, he reversed his order against the IRS. But the IRS requested another hearing, and so the judge allowed that, and the property owner who the IRS wanted to sell his land for taxes uh, did show at the uh, district court, and the IRS attorneys were there, and he was there, and the judge was you know, up on the bench above and between them. And the judge lis uh, listened to the IRS, and then the judge actually swiveled his chair over and moved and directed his attention strictly to the property owner and said, do you want to answer that question? And the property owner said, no, I don't. So then the judge swiveled his chair back to the IRS attorney and said, do you, do you have another question or do you have another point or what's your next item or I don't know the exact words, but ne next, in other words. And the IRS brought up that thing and then the judge swiveled his chair back over and directed his attention to the property owner and said, do you want to answer that question? And he said no. And the judge did that one more time and said this matter's he does not want to answer your questions. This matter is closed. And that was it. It was a done deal. So, And he never heard from the IRS again. So the measure of success is that you don't hear from them again. Now, that um, I have some other points to make, but I can pause there if anybody has any questions or if I'm I, yeah, I yeah, it, it would be good to to keep the ball rolling. We've all got a long list of points, I think, that we'd like okay. to make. And if we can t kind of take turns, each person making their points, I think that is optimal um, process here, brother Eric. Well, can I can I make two other points real quick then? Sure, real quick. Okay, so so then so the, the one main point here is that uh, in, in a at least the way they're doing it in Texas, a trial by jury does not go after people. It's kind of like martial law. You respond, you you use their energy to respond to them, and they go away, and you don't hear from them again. So you don't go after them. The other main point is, uh, you cannot use code, statutes, ordinances, or any written law because that puts you into their system. It's got to be completely outside of and above their system. Uh, and using maxims of law, and uh, and um, no no 
no, we call it lex populi, the law of the people, which is the law of custom and usage, common law and the maxims of law, things like uh, he who leaves the playing field first loses. Uh, it's those basics. Um, and uh, and so things like uh, costs and, and incurred costs and... Uh, um, um, well, actual costs, you know, losses can be can be claimed and can be ordered repaid, but quote damages or you know uh, uh, penalties like the de facto uses you can't claim those because those are not part of common law. Only only what can be proven and backed up in paperwork and evidence can be claimed and. Uh, with that, I'm kind of uh, run out of points, and uh, I'll answer any questions if anybody has any. I, I, I'd I, like to um, just briefly point out, and then I'll turn it over to others, and then hopefully we can circle back to Eric. Um, I, I would like to point out, Eric, that um, um, the 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 process there is. Um, um, it seems awful. Uh, it, it seems that it's um, 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 more uh, entangled. I kind of lost my thought. Um, there was somebody else that had questions there. Yeah, I got a comment. I just want to say that what what he just went over was exactly what I said. Paul John Hanson was doing. Where I can see the similarities in it. Where you did the yeah. paperwork, did the jury confirms the paperwork, did the faults confirmed, and that's it. So, yeah, this uh, is Gazoo, right? Excuse me? This is Great Gazoo? Great Gazoo, yeah. Yeah, glad so, you're back. Think, yeah, make a note of that. So, I yield. Thank you. Okay, while you're regrouping your thoughts, uh, Charles, let me just mention that. Uh, this is something that doesn't require any building or assembly or uh, putting together anything or manning up anybody. Everybody can participate in this right now just by uh, contacting Karen Sontag and saying, hey, I'm interested in being uh, part of the panel or prospective panel of, of, of the Jural Society. And, uh, uh, you know, call me if there's any need and, uh, and you're on board because all of us, as we, we're co-tenants and we are our brother's keeper and our brother's helper. Uh, just by being in this country in this form of law, whether we like it or not, we are all obligated to uh, uh, participate in the lawful government and and that 's the fourth branch of government that Antonin Scalia referred to when he uh, when he had the opportunity back in nineteen ninety two yeah. uh, and i'll and i 'll pause. Thank you, Eric. Um, um, please take liberties, and uh, uh, if I forget to send an email to Karen, please, uh, if you get a chance, to tell her that Charles Stewart is willing to assist um, uh, in in all of their process to the best extent possible. Um, and I did uh, make a good note, so I remember my point. But I think there may be others that would like to uh, uh, also share the microphone more equally here, if others have a comment or question.
Anyone? Eric, can, can you um, can you say the the email address again? I didn't have a, uh, access to a pen before, so I couldn't write it down. It's K. K as in uh, ketchup. K S O N. Wait, K A S. No. Sam. No, no, no. No. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it uh, airplane style. Uh, okay. Ketchup. Uh, Sierra. Yeah, that's S. Uh huh. Oh, I don't know what I don't know what O is. Orange. S oh, orange. Okay, N is in Nancy. T is in Tom. A is in Apple. And G is in. George. Uh, then what? George. George, thank you, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then the number eight after eight. that. Eight, okay, yeah. at Gmail. At gmail.com, yes. Is is there a website or anything? Or just yes. the email address? Thank you for, yeah, thank you for, uh, thank you for um, <laughs> asking. Reminding you. Forgetting <laughs> about that. It's called republickeepers.org. Keepers with an S. Republic Keepers. Yeah, let me just double check and Republic. Yeah, RepublicKeepers.org. It, it actually come up comes up as RepublicKeepers.squarespace.com. But let me let me search for RepublicKeepers.org and I th it's supposed to link to it. I think. I've got the link posted in the web page there, Eric, or in the chat room. The squarepace link dot com. Okay. But if have you got that tidied up, could I shift to another related subject or are you still Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Well, okay. Um um, it, it sounds like Eric that the Texan Journal Society there is has got a good temporary process in place, but um, the the Beacon Theaters group and other groups have have serious concerns that New World Order is being ratcheted up, and they're under they're trying to provide alternative um, uh, framework within which good military people can move over under so-called civilian authority, um, organic governmental authority, um, and, and um, um, thereunder we can engineer a paradigm shift over to uh, a, a more honorable form of republican form of government than, than what we're currently laboring under. And, and it sounds like all of the efforts with the, the Texan Journal Society there is not um, focusing on trying to engineer a smooth and painless transition there. Is is that correct? I would say it's trying to engineer a smooth and a painless transition uh, one grain of sand at a time. Uh, in other words, at the lowest level or by planting individual seeds or by uh, responding to every uh, individual uh, policy enforcer, tax bill, ticket, uh, uh, summons, or things like that to uh, uh, 
basically go after, as I called it a few weeks ago, the low-hanging fruit. Uh, but uh, and so it seems slow and and very low level, but uh, that's the way things grow. And I think it's um, uh, I don't think it has to be one or the other. I I understand that. Uh, Many on this call want to revamp the whole system and take it all down and reestablish uh, Republican government uh, under the Constitution. But uh, uh, this is going. This is in progress right now, and it's not going to take the time. Uh, the time it's going to take to man up uh, t two million precincts, uh, and uh, it, it, you know, it's it's very it's very simple at a at a low level and very simple paperwork and very simple process and very simple form of law. So uh, it, it can be done easily and effectively by everybody. Now, my, my opinion is that once um, uh, <clears throat> uh, people in a enforcement capability, uh, and by that I mean uh, military leaders, see that the people are effectively managing their affairs and are organized at a low level, they will they will start making the connection and say, hey, we the people are back. The people know how to handle things and they're back and it's and it's not going to require a uh, frontal assault against the de facto, which in my opinion isn't going to work because that's like declaring war. Uh, that's going against a foreign power and in my opinion they are a foreign power. Therefore, they're, the de facto is foreign to the de facto U.S. is foreign to the United States of America or the people. Uh, that's the lower, lowercase United States of America or certainly the people. Uh, so, um, I, I invite everybody to join in on this. At the same time, you can continue to pursue uh, organizing uh, at other, you know, in another way, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> This can actually, this can have immediate results right now. If someone has a if someone has uh, something that they're fighting right now and they haven't already started some other process or hired an attorney or uh, you know done a, done an administrative process or already going gone to court, uh, that's one thing I left out in my explanation of the non-statutory abatement. It has to be done without invoking any or uh, without following any other de facto form of law. So you have to uh, keep it completely separate. But if you haven't, if you if, if anyone on the call has uh, something that they want a remedy for and they haven't st answered it in any other way, then they can do a non-statutory abatement and start proceeding with their um, remedy right now, knowing that uh, the Texan Jural Society can assemble 12 jurors that can review their uh, paperwork process, and uh, um, if the time, if if it if it uh, if it needs to happen, um, result in a uh, order from a trial by jury. Um, so uh, I think I think uh, yeah, and maybe and maybe it's a good way good way for these things to merge is. Uh, uh, Proceeding from the top down and proceeding from the bottom up. Yeah, yeah, we can do both at the same time. 
it's a broad battlefield that we're involved in here. From the bottom up, the the concept is is that there's no rulers. Each one of us is our is a is a is a co-tenant of the sovereignty. We are we are part of the sovereignty as equals. Um, I, I I beg to differ with you on that. With a, a minor technicality, um, there's a common law maxim that says that um, um, uh, uh, men who are not themselves lords are required to be governed by lords or else they are unworthy of a free man's right and if you replace lord with town constable i think that would be an accurate uh interpretation um so um um uh um the um uh i think it started with people who who don't or or aren't capable of being lords? Is that what you said? Well, well qualified electors by themselves would not be lords. They would just be members of the township. I think the lordship would would start at the, the town constable level. Although I suppose a man's home is his castle, I suppose the head of household qualified elector could also be considered a lord. Um, okay, um, well, let's go back. Let's go back to where you disagreed with, which was, I think, my statement that we are all sovereigns and we're equal co-tenants of the sovereignty. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that, technically. Okay. Because, um, well... well it, it, so long as you, you have good and lawful status as a qualified elector, commoners that are, are just anarchists out there with no uh, governing law and not willing to assume the duties of a qualified elector. They don't have qualified elector status, and they're just basically cannon fodder. I'm glad you brought that up, because that's a point I like to make uh, from time to time, is that uh, one reason I'm not uh, interested in uh, necessarily uh, undoing the present de facto is because uh, 95, 99, or maybe more percentage of the people aren't uh, capable of managing their affairs, and they need a uh, <laughs> they need a government. They need a judicial system. They need policy enforcers to uh, uh, rule over them and to manage their affairs because they're not capable of doing it. And I and if and if I was to uh, uh, quote take over uh, local uh, judicial policy or the local police department or the local government, I would be responsible for everything they're managing. I sure don't want to have to deal with all that garbage that I hear them deal with every day in court. You know, So let them have it. <laughs> uh, I think it's a necessary evil or a necessary duty. Uh, so... Well, I, 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 want to, I, I want to make that point: is that people want to, who want to, who want to replace what we have, they're responsible for maintaining the peace with what we have, and that, and that means a whole lot of uh, uneducated and unruly people. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Eric. Um, I would I would dare suggest that well, for two points. The the first one is that as we're moving forward um, um, with our common law jurist societies. 
at that point, um, especially in our local communities, um, um, when we have a drill society formed in our local township or precinct level, public precinct level community, um, at that point, um, um, we can we can move into the vacuum of local city municipal government, um, and 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 um, we, we've got control of the economics and the treasury, and at that point at least on paper at that point. And, and so we can promise all of the municipal police officers that if they just convert to common law peace officers, that, that they will actually get a 10% increase in their pay uh, or something like that. And um, um, all the other bureaucrats at the city municipal level, if they'll just um, uh, take their skill set and apply it to promoting the peace and happiness in in common law communities in and around that city jurisdiction. Um, then then they will also get a ten percent pay increase raise. But we're converting the 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 form of government um, uh, from municipal city council chambers to a precinct level. Um, court of justice slash court of law, and um, if there's no complaints about breach of the peace, then there's nothing for the local bureaucracy to do, and everybody goes home because we've got the peace. Um, and and at that point, uh, uh, there's no trauma. The, the very instant moment that we dissolve the local municipal city form of government, we move in. It, it, the the low-hanging fruit doesn't drop from the tree. It, we're, 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 we're holding it without any trauma, or, or if it does drop, it's dropping into the hands of uh, the qualified electors that are, are composing the Jural Society community that is picking up the reins of all of the social needs that need to be taken care of that have been taken care of by the provisional de facto Roman civil municipal government, that that there there is a seamless, non-traumatic uh, change of, of, of power shifting from the municipal centralized authorities over to the common law decentralization of the all the the bureaucratic duties uh, down to the precincts and to the townships. So, so I believe it would be non-traumatic, Eric. Do you comprehend my words? Is he still on? Yeah, I'm. Um... Um, it, it's hard for me to, uh, it's hard for me to see the end from the beginning here. Uh, I just, uh, I just, <laughs> I just advocate to, uh, be involved in what's, uh, you know, what's ongoing right now, what's, 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 uh, already rolling and working and uh yeah we can take it slow here i don't need you to jump on my bandwagon right now um uh and, and there's a lot and of it, important other issues that that uh others would like to talk about too um i don't need to convince you to jump on my bandwagon right now but i, I wanted you to be aware that in my vision anyway 
there's no need for paranoia about the common people. In fact, that's the second point that I think I mentioned two points. The, the second point is um, there is so much evil. There is so much uh, uh, flat evil, abuse, tyranny, and despotism happening from the de facto's right now that that I don't share your pessimism about just dismantling them even if we couldn't move into the vacuum now. I think chaos and anarchy would produce less bloodshed and less social trauma than 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 the military police state that we're presently existing under. Okay. Um. But but that's my opinion. But we we can we can return to those. I'm, I I imagine other people might have comments or questions here. And there's there's a lot of really important issues that we might be more quickly able to build consensus on. Uh, I I can I, I seem to feel that you're pretty entrenched in your views there, and I don't want to. Uh, well, delay I just, the I just think that it's it's. Uh... It's the way to manage current government, like the way, like uh, how what Antonin Scalia described in uh, U.S. versus Williams in 1992, is that uh, the the people are the fourth branch of government to manage their government. And is that where he, is that where he talked about the private attorney generals? Uh, no, that's where. He, he what he focused on was the grand jury but uh he couldn't talk about trial by jury or common law because uh um that would have been saying too much and he might have got shot back then or um, be suffocated with a pillow or something yeah think think of what they could might do to a supreme court judge who uh uh, told the people what the remedy is against the uh, out-of-control de facto government. Um, uh, I I don't disagree with you. I just think that see, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, uh, fairly well educated people in this country that are uh, you know flag waving. Um, uh, Pledge of Allegiance saying uh, God-fearing um, patriotic people that believe in the country and the government don't know the difference between de facto and de jure and uh, and uh, that's you, they, they used to be called you know 30 years ago the silent majority uh, maybe they're the silent minority now but uh, uh, those are those are the people that uh, go to city council meetings and go to, you know, around the school board and uh, vote partisan politics and uh, uh, still believe that they have a say in the matter. And they, uh, uh, I think that um, by uh, by reining in. Uh, Abusive and uh, well, ab abusive individual public servants and 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 actors of you know of ones acting as public officials, but uh, basically public officers, public servants, people who hold government office by by uh, reining them in through uh, uh, the 
findings of trials by jury that uh, that is a better way to steer the ship around, or 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 it's a it's a it's a it's a way to start turning the ship around. And uh, part of part of my belief in that is uh, what I remember Jackie Fig saying about two months ago when I was on a call with her. Uh, if anybody wants to look up a YouTube of Jackie Fig talking about how she operates uh, as an anarchist, in other words, doesn't allow anyone to rule over her, and she drives a car with no license plate and no has no driver's license. I mean, she sorry, she travels, not drives. The the one interviewing her keeps saying you drive, and she doesn't correct him, but that's incorrect. She travels without a driver's license and without a registered car and uh, and is able to um, uh, keep herself pretty much out of problems. You can do a YouTube search and, and listen to her 45-minute, uh, I think, or so uh, presentation. I think maybe she has a second one on now. Anyway, it's Jackie J A. Uh, C or J A Q U I E F I G G. It's Fig F I G G. Um, and uh, anyway, she said that uh, uh, a government official told her that their biggest uh, fear, even more than uh, terrorists, is uh, the people knowing what their capability of and being organized enough to uh, affect the power of the people united uh, because uh, the the strength of government uh, is in the people. Uh, the people are the foundation of government uh, here, especially in America. And uh, all, all the codes and statutes and ordinances and public policy and bipartisan politics and levels of federal government, all that is, has uh, uh, resulted in people really not knowing what, you know, people being lost in the fog of, of, of all this paperwork and all these books, uh, not knowing what their real capability of, and it's really simple. Uh, Why is he afraid of that? Because uh, because the people will be able to ring in the de facto and make them do their job and make them follow the orders of the people. So so the guy that's saying he's afraid, he's basically uh, a military police state advocate that has no concern for the welfare of the common people. Is that correct? Yes. But so so we, we can totally ignore that ash, can't we? Well, we uh, I think his comment's a good comment. Because uh, it shows uh, that they that they <laughs> that they know what the people united are capable of, and 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 that scares the hell out of them. Well, I, I, when 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 the people responsibly self-govern, the bullies can just quit being bullies, and 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 for the most part. They can just fade to black. They don't have to worry about being arrested. And there's nothing whatsoever for them to be afraid of. Well, there's nothing they have there. To yeah, no, the only thing they're afraid of is that their party's over. 
They can't do it. They can't be that, that's you know, not, true. not the that's Wild not, West anymore, where they can they, do whatever they want. Fear is based upon a, 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 a concern that you might be harmed. Um, fear is not based upon you don't get to have any more cookies. That's not fear. He's mis he's misusing the words, or, or else you are one of the two. Well, it's been two months since I heard that. I don't know if he misused the words, she misused the words, I misused the words, I misheard the words. I don't know. I'm just kind of ex explaining well, to you what the sentiment was. Is that uh, here's a here's a de facto policy enforcer acknowledging that the people have the power if they just got united, then it would be a different day in paradise. Yeah, that 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 that's a good de development, and um, um, that sounds like a good choice of words. Um, but it, my, my, the point I was trying to work towards is that um, um, we're not causing any trauma. There, there's no legitimate reason for anyone that, that, that's an honorable person to, to have any response of fear for what we're doing. We're not threatening anybody. We're bringing peace and joy and happiness to the common people and to all bureaucrats uh, that, that, are, that have any inclination to be honorable. It's okay. only criminals well, that, that, let, that should feel any kind of fear from us. I don't think he would be fearful from us. I think he okay, would be well, fearful from, from what they would be held accountable to. Well, we're, we're, we're going to be holding people accountable that are criminals. Okay. So if he's a criminal, wouldn't he, could, might he not be fearful? He, he, he very well might be fearful if he's a criminal, yeah. Okay. There. uh uh, I don't know what the Latin phrase is, but uh, <laughs> I think it speaks for itself then. Yeah. Ips, ipso loquitur, something like that. Well, I, I don't know what the English translation is that you're trying to drive towards. but um, uh, I rest my case. I don't need to say anything more. If a government yeah. actor has been acting illegally and uh, the people can hold him accountable, then he might fear he might have the fear of being held accountable. And if you'll agree that that's something that uh, somebody might be uh, fearful of, then I think my uh, statement then has a little bit of ability to hold water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if he's a criminal, yeah, he does have need to be fearful. Um, I would like to uh, um, segue that back over to a, a theme that we've touched on before and that would, again, uh, probably draw in Wonderan and some of the other Beacon 37 people a little bit more so that it's not just you and me dominating the conversation here, Brother Eric. Um, but, um, Can I comment? Uh, yeah, yeah, please. Okay, just before you segue over, I want I got a comment that may shed some light on to what uh, the gentleman was say, talking about. Uh, so here goes. Statutes have been passed extending the course of admiralty and vice admiralty far beyond their ancient limits for depriving us of a customs and inestimable privilege of trial by jury in cases affecting both life and property. To supersede the course of common law and to instead thereof to publish and order the use and exercise of a law marshal and for altering fundamentally the form of government established by charter. We saw the misery to which such despotism would reduce us. This is from causes and necessity of taking up arms, 1775. Who is, who, who is the author there, Gazoo? 
I don't I don't have that. It's just an excerpt of a, a screenshot that I took. Okay. Kind of like the Anti-Federalist Papers or something. You don't really know all the details of who wrote them at times. Right. It just causes the necessity of taking up arms, 1775. That's all I have. Okay. Nice little quote. And I think that supplements where I was hoping to go with um, the concerns of Jim Wright and uh, in, in um, the last beacon call that I was able to attend. And I'm hoping to be able to attend the Sunday evening call. I missed that one. There's two calls with Beacon, Tuesday and Sunday. Um, but the last time I heard Jim talk, and frequently, just about every time I've heard Jim talk, um, um, he is stressing the fact that, we, that, that the national government de facto is falling apart and, 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 and they're epidemically corrupted and the military people need color of legitimacy so that they can step over to to play in a role in support of legitimate de jure government and um um and that's a, a, a stressed out desperate need that's the whole thing that that beacon is doing with with organizing the territories and everything so that they can get paperwork in front of the Hague that um will uh trigger trigger um uh lights going off in the heads of people across the board internationally and um nationally and uh, in a number of different venues um and and so the um um uh, the the we 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 need desperately as jim emphasizes and the beacon group is dedicated to we need desperately to engineer a smooth and non-traumatic transition paradigm shift over to the essence of what a republic is supposed to be about but if we have in the same mind what Robert Wangrud referred to as a common law republic with the insights with the townships and the precincts and proper counties and everything, then at that point we, we, we can apply those principles to a national governing body similar to a precinct-level governing body or a county court-level governing body um, if we apply those same principles nationally, then then we can have volunteers that are in place and willing to assume the duties of of uh, the various jurisdictions that is are being brought together for our de jure common law republic um, national governing body. Um, yeah, at that point, uh, comments, questions? Here, none. I'll expand a bit then. Um, the, um, the, um, as we interface, once we assemble a national governing body, like, like if we had, uh, there, there's probably, uh, between four and six people here that that might be capable of assuming a, a, a vacant de facto civil municipal public office and converting that office into a common law office. If we had about three times that many, at least 12 people that were, were up to speed, capable of comprehending what common law due process is all about, if we had a dozen people like that, 
I dare suggest that we could be inviting de facto senators and de facto representatives and de facto federal court judges in to assist us with um, administering justice in, in, in all of the jurisdictions all across the USA, only they would be required to follow due process of law with corpus delecti, mens re, and actus reus, and 12-person juries. It's not all that complex. The, 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 the common law jurisdiction exercising uh, uh, model of government is fairly simple once you comprehend the essential elements. And, and at that point, we can make enticing packages for people that are in de facto positions, especially in the federal government, where our primary concern is at presently, I do believe, we can make enticing packages and invite these people into playing roles, as powerful of roles as they are comfortable with, so long as they follow common law due process. And at that point... Um, they can sit in the same chair, in the same office, in the same office building, and, and get the same salary or maybe even a 10% increase or something if they'll just start uh, um, exercising the um, authority of their office to bring forth common law due process and justice for the common people within their jurisdiction. And, 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 and see, uh, we could be in position to claim the right to uh, put an ultimatum before them, invite them to participate in that kind of a process. Uh, that's the carrot side. But um, the stick side is that um, if, if you as a de facto government official under Roman civil municipal law refuse to assist in the administration of justice for the common people, then we are going to be forced to oust you from office and discontinue your paycheck. And so you've got to, and we could be constructing public notices to, to, to let them all know that. But we need at least a 12-person national governing body. Uh-oh. Did he get dumped? Whoops. Yeah, I think he just got dropped. But we'll continue. I think he was actually, at that time, he was talking about consensus, and he was saying we need a national body of people that are that are basically, they have a consensus about how common law is supposed to work here in America. <clears throat> okay. And I'm sure he's coming on the call. You know, at any at any point, but uh, you know, you guys, I, you know, I love you. I've been doing a hell of a amount of research regarding all these topics. I'm here in support, even if I have to sit in the background. Okay, just sitting here taking shit from everybody, not everyone, just a few people. But I I support all of you, and uh, it, it is about getting consensus. And I think that you guys are on to some really really good stuff here, Wonderan. Everybody from Beacon Thirty Seven. Even though I think Dave, uh, Eric Double Eagle has, um, you know, some errors there, I think he's generally, in, in general, he's on a good place, and he's definitely coming along. I need, I'm growing. We're all kind of, kind of getting consensus together, and I think Charles, with his national, you know, this national approach to it, 
uh, is is right there in harmony with a lot what other people are doing right now. So, how you? I'm back. Thank you for the graceful surrender there, Jeremiah. Um, yeah, I was on kind of a rant there. My uh, cordless phone went dead. That was probably why I got disconnected. Um, it's happened to me before. Sorry about that. I'll try to watch it closer next time. Um, did anybody have any questions or comments on my rant there before I got cut off? Here, none. Um, um, the paradigm shift. All the efforts, and Wonder Anne has gracefully pointed out that that as as Beacon is working towards securing all of the documents that they need for um, um, the territories, and uh, there's other words they're using there too. Um, but to, to to firm up the model that that Jim has apparently been directed by military people that apparently the military people believe is necessary and Jim believes is necessary in order to engineer a smooth transition for the military to come in and support the common people um, um, as as the uh, Wonder Ann has gracefully pointed out that that this this general model that we're advocating here is um um uh has a lot of potential to be the safety net it, uh, the, the, the the what what happens after beacon 37 puts their work together and and I'd like to close the gap between the model that that beacon is advocating and um, uh, what we have to offer here with the common law um, grassroots jural societies organizing process, and and perhaps wonder Ann, um, um, if I might presume to draw you out a little bit, um, um, is uh, we've we've got. I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the, there's a map on the front page of our constitutionalgov.us webpage. And that has the USA politically subdivided into 12 jurisdictions that we call super states, or I've been calling super states, and other people seem to like that term, because um, three of those states are, are just normal states with really large populations, New York, Texas, and California. Um, those are standalone super states, but all of the other states are grouped together into small bodies to form larger single states so that our total number of states for the USA is 12, like the tribes of Israel in the ancient Israelite model, which is our, our Bible law is, well, our, um, yeah, the segue between Bible law to common law to constitutional law. Um, I, I, I think most of us here are aware of that. Um, but th so we're getting back to the ancient biblical roots of our constitutional common law system, and and when we have see the 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 reason that well when we have a jury assembled, then um, we're, um, an assembly of a twelve person jury is a necessary element of due process of law. Um, uh, there, I, I've got case law. 
Um, I put it in some of my documents, but there is case law that clearly shows, clearly declares that that um, uh, necessary elements of due process of law include a 12-person jury and a unanimous verdict. That's an essential element of due process of law, and the de facto's almost never follow due process of law. Most of you know that. Um, uh, but the, the point is, when we have a 12-person jury assembled as a national governing body, and each of those persons is an organically uh, uh, elected or nominated delegate from his own superstate jurisdiction with, with 12 similar political subdivisions or 10 political subdivisions, then at that point, um, um, each delegate to the national court of law would would be organically recallable and accountable to his constituents uh, at the lower levels, and it produ- and it goes on down the hierarchy. Like the the county is uh, probably the easiest example to cite, where a common law county uh, uh, is composed of ten precincts, and the ten precinct captains can recall the county judge at any time. And then each of those precincts um, uh, is composed of ten constables, and any of those constables can recall the precinct-level justice of the peace at any time. And and each of those town constables is is uh, 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 the township is, is the town council is governed by ten qualified electors from ten heads of household, and any of those uh, qualified electors heads of household can recall the town constable at any time. It's an organically accountable process from the grassroots bottom up, granting the legitimacy instantaneously in real time to each of the levels of the hierarchical higher jurisdictions. And that can go right on up to the national level. And if we organize the whole thing under the tw- something similar to the 12 super states that is geographically outlined on the map on the front page of constitutionalgov.us, then from there, we have a position to speak with a sword cutting out, coming out of our mouths, our, our, our words cut like a two-edged sword, like Jesus is spoken of in the Bible in Revelation. The words coming out of his mouth cut like a two-edged sword. Because when we command the judicial power, and we carry our regal retinue with us, our regal retinue follows us, when, when 12 jurors are moving on to the front steps of the White House or into the assembly chambers of the United States Senate or or the U.S. House of Representatives, when 12 of those common law judicial officers, each carrying the judicial power, moves in to uh, a legislative body or, um, uh, yeah, the point is, at that point, we will be in position to take control of any of the de facto governing bodies that 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 we have developed a consensus that it is not only appropriate but it is in in the interest of national security that we proceed in this manner so that we can bring back law and order to this republic as opposed to the military rule that Eric and others have have outlined that we're presently dysfunctionally governed under. 
I hope I've painted rather a complete picture of of how this organic form of government can be engineered for the USA, instantaneously accountable to the grassroots. And and I believe this is a, a smooth transition that will assist in the in the Beacon 37 projects that, that Jim Wright and Wonder Ann and other good people in the in the Beacon 37 group and, and other groups are all seriously concerned about here. I yield. Thank you, um, uh, Charles. What's what's valuable for all of us to see is the fact that we can be going along very, very smoothly here, and then someone will come along and slam a a two-by-four up against our head. And I'm just reading one from Ed um, Spencer in the sense that the... This company is a book-selling company worldwide, and the Ashkin, and I know you don't like to go into the verbiage that we had said earlier, but one book controller company is totally obliterating another whole book-selling company for the censorship. So when we are doing any of these works, when we are doing our lawful programming, when we are doing our lawful projects, we absolutely need more of the people to get the point that they are slamming many doors in our face today, yesterday, and tomorrow that we must not allow them to bully us anymore. This guy is now looking for other buyers and other printers instead of us going, we need to put the Ashkenazims out of business. We have the pocketbooks. We have the legs to walk away from them. And what you and all of our groups are doing is that is our power. And what uh, Beacon 37 and what you're doing with the girls assemblies and societies, I still don't get it straight in my own head on the difference. However, it is our numbers that will make the difference. It's important out there, uh, Terry, for you in Hawaii to stop being the prisoner to a false government because that was a sham that put Hawaii under imprisonment. And that sham was totally bought out by David Wynn Miller. And it is important that each one of the states, even Texas, who is still a republic, comes in and starts working together with the other states. Because it's not isolation that we need. It's working together. It is making each Jural assembly that we are asking for in Beacon 37 for the territories that are west of the colonies to be all working to complete this job this month. And a very beautifully uh, Orpha's state of Illinois will be doing that this Sunday. And they will be meeting Jim Wright face to face but they have gotten together. 
this is what we need in Kentucky. We need in New Mexico. We need in uh, Wyoming. We need in Washington State. We need in Oregon. If we got even those five states completed, we will have our 37 states because the 13 and the 13, uh, I think she said we have, we'll have approximately 24 and then the 13 colonies make us 37. But we need five states that haven't even gotten anybody active in it. I know, Charles, you're, act, you're the one in Oregon, but we still don't have people helping Charles get his jural assembly. People, it's time to not just talk. It's time to act. These censorships and the fact that Google is going after the monopolization of all of the Internet. It is now going after fuel. It is after uh, other types of industries that are nothing to do with the Internet. This is a point of just having a new dictator come in, and we must stop that. They keep telling us we don't know how to govern ourselves. Excuse me, every day you govern yourself. No one's telling you when to go to the bathroom. No one's telling you when to eat your food. No one else is telling you when to uh, go to work, what time to get up. You tell yourself that. And if you have a wife or a husband, they support you in that. But there's no outside person coming in and saying, do those things. That's what we are able to do. We govern ourselves every day. Stop all their rhetoric. Stop all their double talk. Do the action. Get into the Constitution group here. Get your, become a jurist. Become an action person. Pardon me. Action man or woman. Person is a corporation. And we are men and women. We are not male and female. And every time you have an application and it says a man, a male or a female, cross it out and put a woman or a man. Yeah. Hold who you are. Stand up. I'm tired of rhetoric. I yield. Yeah, yeah, we, we've got an emergency situation here. We need to uh, start producing results to to take back the power, to empower our common people. Um, we, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I must interrupt. We do not have to take back the power. We are the power. We need to own it. Well, that would be ideal, but a lot of people that have tried that have ended up getting shot or thrown in jail. Um, More of us do it. They can't throw us all. How do you think Mahatma Gandhi was able to get India out of the hands of the British without firing a shot from an Indian? Yeah, well. He did it um, by numbers. Right, but we don't have the numbers yet. We do have the numbers. They're called this group. That group, this group, that group, another group, another group. Join okay, together. but we're not organized. We are organized in those little groups. 
bring them together so you unite. None of yeah, them yeah, that's the organizing them. process. They need to come together. Right, right. The organizing will take place. It's the coming together instead of being, well, it's the Colorado group. Oh, it's the, this group. It's the, that. Even Beacon 37 wants other groups to be in tune. They don't have to join us. Be in tune with what we're doing. Be in tune with what you're doing, Charles. Right. We don't have to have new dictators. These Ashkenazis have been around for centuries. Oh, yeah. Centuries. Russia. And uh, now I read it that it was uh, the uh, Persians. Russia and Persia were the ones that got them totally annihilated and out of their country. They didn't get them annihilated, though they were ran off into the hills, but they got a great number of them. But the evil still lives on through them, and that is the evil we keep facing. You can call them the devil, Lucifer. You can give them any name you want, but it's still evil. Evil is what we're facing. Let's deal with the evil instead of calling them all the other names. And let's get off the dime. I yield. Thank you, Wendria. Comments, questions, anybody? Orpha, Illinois. Yeah, Orpha. Wonder, could you list those states again that don't have anybody? Kentucky, New Mexico. Huh? Oregon has Charles. Washington has uh, has Ollie, but they don't have other people. So I'll put right. those two up there. And then we have Wyoming, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe there's uh, Maine, Vermont, and uh, Texas, Hawaii. Uh, let me see if I can find my the rest of my list. But those are the ones that I remember off the top of my head. And I have friends in in, in some of them that I've I've attempted to contact and gotten nothing back. So this is what you'll run into. It's Utah, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, Wyoming, Maine, Montana, Vermont, Oklahoma, Alaska, Ohio's been done. But it it does include New Mexico uh, and Texas. Texas is state as a republic. It would be a great thing to have them part of us. And same with Hawaii. Hawaii was was deceptively, very deceptively taken over and their king killed. It was murder. Um, wonder. Uh, did yeah. did you say you think Texas? You guys don't have anybody in Texas yet either. We have people down in Texas. We don't have them completed. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I misspoke. Same within your state. We have you, but you're extremely busy. We don't have anybody else backing you up. I just found out another part of person from our NLA lives in uh, Oregon. Maybe I'll. Start bugging on him, or Nikki will bug on him. 
Okay, well, um, I, I'm glad we're segueing into this particular area because this this subject right here is is a, a key way where if see I, I I'm I'm immersed in my work here, but if if uh, uh, Jim and you and I could could develop a consensus how pursuing the Beacon 37 group. Uh, organizing is also working into um, my trying to organize the super states. Then, then all of a sudden, your work would be my work, and and I would be much more pumped about us pursuing that common agenda than than taking away from my time to try to pursue your projects. There, do you comprehend? I totally comprehend, and I never saw that as being a divisible thing for you. I thought it'd be an adjunct. Well, that that sounds great, but but I'm unclear as to as to how um, what what the agreement is, how 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 you visualize that that my super states will be empowered by um, uh, helping you guys organize the territories and things. It's called segue. If we get the one done, the other moves right into the next position. Well, I, I I would be needing some so in the process where you guys where 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 the beacon documents are being composed and the communities are coming together to legitimize the documents that are happening in each of the states. I would want each of those people to also um, affirm that that they are willing to act as qualified electors, and and when there's time, when when they're called on for for jury duty, that they're willing to do jury duty and things like that when their local states need to assemble a jury. That will come. See, all of this is education. It, it to me, it's kind of I see the. The, the motion as the one level goes into the next level. It doesn't have to be, I'll do a little of this and I'll do a little of that. It's going to flow. Well, well I, I don't see how what I'm talking about would slow you in any manner. Well, I, I, I don't see the need for the people to say, well, I'll be part of yours and you, if you'll be part of mine. That That to me doesn't doesn't equate in my head only because of the fact that they are supportive of each other within their own actions. Does that make well, sense? Well, I comprehend your words, but um, um, I can't get enthused about it the way you're framing it. Well, I, I, that, I'm back to taking away time from my project to working on yours because it's not the same project. Well, freedom is the project. Well, I know, but at that point, it, it either either we've got common agenda at the same time, not as separate agendas. You know, it, that, that's that's where I get the difficulty. Well, I, you see it as two different agendas. Why do you think I'm on here? If I thought, well, I, I, I love that. That this is precious to me. But that's just you. Why isn't Jim on? Well, that's Charles. I actually I come to that for Wonderan because I invited her to the call. Okay. The other thing was that she's with Beacon Thirty Seven. They offer um, a a something that is 
outside of it's kind of exterior right to to the local um um uh common law journal society agenda right and and the goal of, of incorporating with wonder beacon thirty seven and Wonderland as well was to actually in, encompass both um uh ideologies and try to get a consensus going so that was that's why she's here mm -hmm. and and part of the thing is I think they are working together and 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 when that action is is being said it isn't working together. We are working together because when we're on here and, and, and learning how to be a journal of sem, uh, being a, um, uh, how do you say it? Uh, you're saying journal assembly. We say journal assembly. What's the difference? Journal member. Our journal assembly is actually the state. Uh, when we get together, we have a delegate that goes to the committee of state. So we're actually working in the same order of things. Do you see that at all? Yeah, I do. Um, I was, I was going to say that aren't we both pieces of the same whole part? Yeah. I mean, for, for both of us to be here, we're forming the greater of the whole. Um, and the way I see it, without each other, we're not we're missing pieces. So I think we're all working toward the same thing, and each of us has a different job to do. But we're all working together to create the final mm -hmm. mission. Good point. And the 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 you know uh, some of the stuff that uh, have you have you guys all received the letter from Anna von Rice that Charles sent out and that type of correspondence? On her arguing about uh, the difference of her terminology. That's all it is. It's just it's a bit it right wonder. It's what I saw when I did the research regarding her letter was that law of nations was a was actually something real but you know and journal assemblies was not so 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 real it, there's no journal assembly that's more of a generic generic term but but with regard to the law of nations now there is a specific respect for autonomy at the local level that that receives a respect of the law of nations respect from the law of nations and the reason for that is because that's that's how um, we can take this concept of journal societies to the international level whereby we encompass uh all of the best parts of the common law um, which have their root at at the in in the jury okay and 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 it's 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 not a problem to to start to move in that direction for everybody you know we we're doing it slow and steady i know that and it's definitely confrontational but i think we're we're moving right along actually and and just as long as we start to incorporate all the broader concepts and and, and uh into this bigger picture uh you know we'll, we'll be fine we'll be fine everyone's kind of here now 
Well, thank you, Donaldson. Uh, um, uh, this is Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Yeah, I, I dialed in when I started to hear that. Uh, it, it's not a one-size-fits-all, uh, Charles. We're all in this together, and we have been for years. Um, I know that you and I go back in probably 2006 or so, and, and then uh, Rod Class came on the scene and so on and so forth. However, we're still all doing the same thing within the body politic, you might say, that uh, we've been called to do. So it will come together. Um, right now I'm working with the Committees of Safety as far as with National Liberty Alliance. It's just a matter of time before this all flows together, and you're a key point here, just like uh, Jim Wright is. Thank you, Nikki. Um, I'll try to keep my patience and, and uh, regularly attend with the Beacon groups to the best of my ability and be as supportive as I can in, uh, um, the, in all of the processes coming together. And uh, steady as she goes and just don't panic. And um, hopefully, like you say, Nikki, um, we'll, re we'll regain full control of our republic here soon. It's kind of in the stars and in the future. And um, um, yes, if we're just slow and steady and we don't panic, uh, we should be looking at some major breakthroughs in a positive direction here very soon. Right, and you know, think of the laws of nature and nature's God, and, and uh, cream rises to the top. And over the years, Charles, we've both seen that. Yes, yes, that's true. Well, remember, Paul Newman said um, in in one of his movies, uh, "Only cream and scum rises to the top." <laughs> but yes, cream does rise to the top, and um, hopefully, if we can filter out the scum. Uh, yes, yes, we'll 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 be able to, to to bring about positive change. Right, and but we have to just learn how to identify the scum and not throw the cream out with it. That's all. Yeah, you know sure. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. I, no problem. I, I yield. Enough. I'm going to go ahead and hang up. I yield. Uh, but I'm going to be on the listening in. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, Nikki. You're welcome. Thanks, Nikki. Hey, thanks. For, yeah, thanks for chiming in. Also, Charles, those comments in the chat room, I was being a bit of a braggart re talking about my personal income, but so I apologize to you for for displaying that type of behavior. But, you know, obviously I, there are certain areas of combat which are necessary to uh, debunk uh, arguments of uh, would-be evildoers, Okay. Uh, now, the word evil is being thrown around quite a bit, just like the word love gets thrown around, right? But um, we need to really look close and see, see based on people's conduct, okay, how they are evil or, or not. What is their conduct really like, you know? Just look at their production, their productivity. That's going to tell you whether or not the person's really uh, working to the advantage of this entire whole group. Uh, um, and I re Charles, did you know that I have been uh, I, I have an application called Townshipper uh, that I based on a, a free website that I that I, I also that. created. I saw yeah. the link. I looked at it. Yeah, that's impressive, Jeremiah. It, it, there's there's something there. There's something we need to we need to move. Uh, I would like to move and continue moving in that direction. I'm going to uh, most likely I'm going to pay. Uh, for an, someone to develop, help develop an application 
that we can use to um, allow uh, an educational platform, make available an educational platform for everybody that comes on the call, uh, not not just limited, but based on your website. Okay, so it's not limited to, but it's based on it, but it's also inclusive of, of other information as well, links and, and stuff like that. But I think the purpose of it and the, the reason why we have it is to get larger numbers involved. Because wouldn't you agree it's a numbers game, bud? Oh yeah. Well, what well, organizing is as important as numbers. We're not a mob. Mobs are dangerous. We need to be organized in the common law hi grassroots hierarchy. But I posted web link to your um, uh, townshipperjimdo.com uh, web page there, so others can look at it. Um, and yeah, I think we're working towards a consensus there. Great. I'm kind of good for now. Um, Orpha? Yes, Orpha. Okay, I'm, I'm not really changing the subject, but going off in a different vein, um, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't been on this call for a really long time, but I... I'm kind of easing my way in here and trying to figure things out. Um, but it dawned on me, you know, in our discussion here, you know, about your group versus our group and what our goals are for what we're doing, it dawned on me that maybe you could... Um, uh, I guess, put into words for me and other newbies, because I, I kind of gathered there's a couple of new, other newbies on this call too, exactly what your project is. I guess I realized I'm not really clear on that. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm... I've thoroughly enjoyed the the calls and and the information and stuff, but when you start talking about our project and your project, I realized I don't really know what your project is, or I didn't realize I knew I know it. You know, maybe I do know it and didn't realize that that's the project. Um, so I wonder if you could just kind of clarify. Thank you for that segue, Orpha. Um, um, uh, yes, and um, um, you've prompted me to take a different perspective that might provide uh, 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 insight for everybody that hasn't heard me talk from this angle before. Uh -huh. But um, um, uh, and I have talked about it, but it's been quite a while. But and it, and it's related to something that I have talked about recently, which is the Norman Conquest of 1066 back in England. Um, um, the governing body there in place um, was an entirely different kind of governing body that didn't have any influences of Roman civil municipal law or Jewish Pharisee law. Um, uh, it was called 
the assembly of the wise men, which uh, was encompassed in a single term called Waitangamote, W-E-I-T-A-N-G-E-M-O-T-E. The word gamote means like assembly, and Waitan means the assembly of the wise men. And um, um, that was a judicial organization. I'm, I'm kind of deciphering. You can look up that phrase, Waitan Gamote, in Wikipedia and just do a Google search and you'll get other hits on it. It's, it's well recognized. Um, but, so it's the assembly of the wise men of the assemb- assembly? <laughs> oh, oh. How would you translate it? Assembly of the wise men. Yeah, assembly. basically. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to get that. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Well, and that was the governing body of of uh, ancient England uh, prior to 1066. It's it's where the king drew his power from, and and that assembly, um, I believe, had the had the authority to do a recall on the king and put in a different king if they wanted to. It wasn't, I I believe it was not top-down authoritarian. I believe it was grassroots bottom-up, which is the implication of all of common law. Um, um, And, uh, but, but that, see, modern uh, uh, communal national assemblies general congressional assemblies um, um, do not exercise a judicial power. See, um, in, in, in pure common law society, there was no separation between legislative power and judicial power. In a pure common law society, um, the judi- all legislation is derived from case law, which is based upon unanimous jury verdicts uh, having solemnly deliberated uh, upon the cause of justice in response to a criminal complaint being brought before the court. And so if you compare that with the modern legislative assemblies in the USA, um, um, they don't have solemn deliberation based upon cases to decide how law should be viewed. They prescribed statutes that are supposed to govern cases in the future and um, um, and they're polarized between the Democratic and Republican Party and perhaps a few other factions. Um, so they're not consensus builders. See, common law jury trial judicial process requires a consensus from the 12-person governing body there. See, the, the, the de facto Roman civil and municipal and Pharisee Jew type um, governing process has majority rule where the Democrats can win for a while, then the Republicans can win for a while, then the Democrats win for a while, then the Republicans win for a while. And and in England, it, it, it paradigm shifts back and forth similarly between labor and conservative parties, I think. They, they've got their own uh, left-right pendulum swinging back and forth, which is a never-ending cycle of confusion. There's no peace. They're, they're always in hyper-competition against each other. Did did somebody want to insert a comment there? Question? No, I was yapping with you. 
<laughs> okay, thank you. Yep. I, I'm hoping that you yep, can thanks. see the beauty of this because, <laughs> if you recall, Wonder, I, 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 I tried to emphasize the point. I got in one comment in uh, the last, I believe, Tuesday evening conference that Beacon held that where, where I, I, I tried to make the point with reference to Jim there that it's critically important for for the people that are in leadership of each of our groups to try to come together and build consensus on common agenda and this is to uh, to to avoid the paradox the, the pendulum swinging back and forth between the differing factions see if we agree up front on common agendas then there's no, nobody jumping up and saying wait a second I can't go along with that uh um and pendulum swing happens, but if we talk out a common agenda in advance, then 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 that's similar to what the ancient white tengamot was. It's a solemn assembly, and it's exercising. It, it's it, it's moving with the judicial calm. This the, it, it's slow and steady, turtle speed, and sometimes it doesn't go as fast as people would like. But when we finally put it together, then it's a plug-and-play machine, like like engineering a V8 motor or something. It takes a long time to 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 engineer it correctly and build it correctly and get it working right. But after you get it working right, boom, you've got a race car there that can go out and do all kinds of real wild and wonderful and super-duper stuff. Um, um and that's similar to our common law due process. It, it does take time to build the consensus. But once you've got your consensus, then remember the definition of a court. A court is the suit of the sovereign with his regal retinue. See, um, not, by ourselves, any of us can be picked off. But when we've got consensus with the regal retinue of each of us, then... Um, 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 we can move in to confront the de facto's, and we can, quote, speak with a single voice, unquote. Mm, the very word jurisdiction means law speaking. Juris means law. It's jurisprudence. Juris means law. Diction means like dictating machines or dictators. These are the this is the voice. This is the 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 verbiage that is coming forth. And when you have juris law diction speaking, then you are speaking law with regard to your case. And when you have your regal retinue in your train supporting the suit of the sovereign, then you've got your own court. That's the definition of a court, is the suit of the sovereign with his regal retinue, all speaking with the same voice. And when you've got 12 mm -hmm. people following behind you in your suit, then, then you've got the authority to command the obedience of everybody related to your suit. And, and at that point, you will be in position to dismantle de facto government and to move into um, positions to take control and, and begin shifting that de facto Roman civil municipal form of governing over to much more efficient judicial peace-bringing and justice-bringing process with the common law due process form of government. Um, Charles, Charles, say that thing that you said again about the 
court. You said it's the suit of the sovereign. Is that right? Say that again, because I have something very important there. Yeah, it's on my Black's Law Dictionary webpage under constitutional.gov.us. There Uh you'll see that court is defined as, quote, the suit of the sovereign with his regal retinue. Suit of the sovereign. Basically. Right. That, you know, that, you know, I'll just tell you what, just, you know, off the top of the, the brain, what comes to mind is, is the separation of powers doctrine. Okay. And, uh, I think a lot of people probably forget they, they, you know, they get caught up in this idea uh, of sovereignty, right? Which has been obviously put forward as a brainwashing psyop for everybody to lose track of the truth. Okay. But, once once you start to realize that as a jural member of your community and in that capacity officially you're operating in the fun- as a function of the judicial branch which is afforded specific core powers which work to keep the different branches of government separate and keep a check on the different branches of government as well and that's really where the sovereignty being discussed here, it, 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 you know, has its effect is 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 in the local community, and when we when we work on as see this consensus building thing has so much to do with ensuring that the core powers and the separation of powers doctrines um, sustain uh, are sustained and and and, and thrive. Okay, and so I think I think we're on to something really good here. I love the direction of of the call so far. So, good job, good call, Charles. Thank you. I would only um, segue that um, um, I don't want my words to be misinterpreted in that um, traditional separation of powers as embodied within state and national constitutions that's a mechanism of roman civil municipal law and there the the Y-ten gamot that i referenced earlier there was no separation of powers the judicial power was in the congressional assembly of the Y-ten gamot and so was the executive power and and when the judicial power is properly functioning and its law is based on case law then there's no need for a separate legislative assembly at that point it the legislative assembly as separate from judicial is entirely superficial and um um uh useless um i would dare suggest yes you're saying basically that the legislature cannot make rules or statutes that apply to the judicial branch and its affiliates are you saying that well, there's a number of different ways. Currently, um, I've, seen, I've seen something noteworthily recently in my studies um, that seemed to indicate that um, certain historical texts seem to have indicated that um, um, there are rare occasions in recent history where it may have been in England, maybe, the, but I'm inclined to believe the USA. But sometimes legislative assemblies have acted judicially. That was a very noteworthy reference, and and I do believe 
that is within general Roman civil municipal constitutional parameters, although I, um, it, it requires a stretch because there are definitely um, 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 wordings in the Constitution documents okay. that tend to indicate that, that the Legislative Assembly cannot exercise the judicial power. Let me ask you this. What, is the Secretary of State executive part of the executive branch or the legislative branch or the judicial? It's executive. Executive, right? Well, I find it kind of interesting that the Secretary of State is endowed with some judicial power, especially when it comes to witnessing um, things and then also informing the governor of each state, which is the executive. So the informing of the governor, which is the executive branch of the state of California, at least, by the Secretary of State, right, uh, lets you know that as, as a jural society, a good communication with the, even de facto, representatives of the uh, people, is necessary so that we um, recognition can be had by by the by the societies and justice will not be delayed when it comes down to actually holding people accountable. The governor is definitely one of those people, you know, that is has something to lose. He, after all, he is elected. Um, but getting back to the I think more crucial point of it all is about the separation of powers. Um, the thing that creates um, a, a du jour character for all of us here in the Dural Society is the fact that re regardless of what state you're in, the judicial branch, right, it, the United States courts all basically stem from this this doctrine, this doctrine of the law of the land, this doctrine called the Constitution for the United States of America. And in it, it actually delineates and separates out the branches of government. So a lot of the states have, they don't even, despite the fact they don't have to actually adopt any of those provisions because they're state sovereignty, right? Um, but a lot of them have, after the Reconstruction, I mean, we can get into a history lesson. Right, but the point is, we're in a new time. We're in 2017, and we have an opportunity in front of us to push the the envelope on what's possible when it comes to um, good government, good governance, and also um, uh, expanding, you know, the um, um, well, basically, just expanding and stretching out this 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 common law um, jury process, whereby um, it's stuff that's not repugnant to local community will still. I mean, in other words, unless it's repugnant to the local laws or what what not, even of the local community and of the state, it would still get respected as long as it was in harmony with certain core you know principles that everybody could come to consensus over. I yield. Orpha. Hello. Charles, did we lose Charles? 
Yes, I, I have the mute on. Sorry. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, this is all great information, but I think we got to wait for my question. I still. I was don't wondering that. Yes, go ahead. Compre- comprehend exactly. You know, like if you were to tell me you wanted me to help you with your project, what would you direct me to do? Um. Um. Uh, the the best thank you excellent focal point I love the way you focus um, um, I'll, I'll repaste again um, a where did I have that uh, uh, the um, the oath of office for the qualified elector from his website probably no right, Charles? no no. no? The certification of qualified electors. There we go. Okay. There we go. I'll paste mm-hmm. the link. Um, I need people. Uh, select all. Copy. Um, I need people to to begin certifying others that they believe are qualified electors. Uh, Wonder Ann and Ofra. Um, you need to certify that that Jim Wright is a qualified elector. Um, and, and other people in Beacon 37 and other people in Beacon 37 need to certify you all as qualified electors. You see, at that point, you're, you're building critical mass and you're breaking out of of the de facto presumption huh. that you're all 14th Amendment slaves. Okay. May I have a point of information here? Uh, just sure. quickly, Charles, what you just said opened my eyes again to your process, to, to how you're, you're doing things. And I understand now why you listed me on there as not affirmed yet. I, it, it just finally clicked again, Charles. I don't know how you do what you do, okay, sir? But you are a genius. And um, I, need one of, I need someone else out here who actually believes I could be qualified as, an, as a qualified elector to step up and also affirm me, if you guys don't mind, uh, if you believe that I'm credible and you've had an, you know enough experience with me to know that I actually mean what I say and say what I mean, uh, then I would appreciate an affirmation as well. Just a quick point of information. Uh, and, and getting back to um, the, the, the situation with uh, uh, Charles. Charles, you were explaining to Orpha yeah. about the list? Yeah. Where... Where can I find that list? And does that does it also say on there what to look for for the qualifications of, a, of an elector? I mean, because um, I mean, I I know we don't just go on. Well, I like you, <laughs> I like you a lot as a friend and everything. But does that really qualify you as an elector? I doubt it. So, what are the qualifications there? I mean, I don't know any of this stuff, so I'm pretty good question, try, Charles. Trying to muddle. Charles, do you, Charles, do you think it would be like what? Do you have to have an address, or do you have to have a name? No, I, I would think a, re, a quick review of the mm-hmm. qualified electors oath would mm-hmm. would would show you all of the essential elements. I've since gravitated away from the necessity of signing an an oath, but that document contains. All of the basic elements and, and duties that a qualified elector would be assume, assuming. Uh, to, to basically summarize it, um, it it's to it's to um, uh, answer uh, all, uh, anytime anybody uh, your 
Anytime your town constable calls you to serve as a juror on a jury, you, you need to answer that call and make yourself available to serve on a jury to help administer justice. And uh, the only well, two other things is to um, uh, assist when called upon to keep peace in your local neighborhood. If your town constable needs you to go along with him to help keep the peace in the local neighborhood, then you need to answer that call and be another person to help support your town constable. And the third item would be to make what what you are capable of in reasonable manners tithing donations to your town constable, and he will pass it on up the hierarchy. And at that point, um, uh, you're exempt from the IRS, um, um, and you don't need to quit filing taxes if that kind of panics you. But um, 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 at least do what you can with, uh, and, and develop consensus with um, uh, your other community members okay. as to... Um, um, how local government should be organized, as, as well as in these communities, just just good faith efforts to work towards consensus in 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 light of the common law tradition of focusing on uh, prohibiting breaches of the peace, because we, we our our main object is to keep the peace uh, through law and order in our communities. So I hope that summarizes well. Yes, and it, it's very Absolutely. much. Uh, Donaldson, you're making a lot of noise in the background. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not making noise. I just what, no, I mean, doing, you like, have you have background noise that's making. Okay, okay. Let me mute here. But, but I um wanted to say I, this kind of excites me because I went to. Uh oh, did she get dropped? Well, she went to. Cool. I think she was going to say school for something. She went Chat with her. Looks like we did lose her line there. Non-member is what she was logged in under. Yeah. We lost her. Oh, that sucks. But Charles, really quickly, you to backtrack just for a second. You spoke about the IRS a moment ago. That got me excited. You know why? Because I spoke to you about the same issue a few a few times ago, and I it, I was excited when I spoke about that, so it was a familiar feeling. Um, but did you know that as I was doing research about the head of the household, right? That's an IRS issue, okay? And that's that's why that head of household term exists in that um, that sphere, okay? Uh, of where the IRS is is because it has to do with the tithing and the quote-unquote income drugs, you see? So, so this is why I have been steadily drilling everybody with the concept of head of household and putting that on the public record as the first thing to do because only God is your witness for that. He's the elector that elected you to be here. And because of that... No one needs to actually appoint you or elect you as head of your household necessarily, but there should be consensus in your family or in your household, okay? So if you're stepping up, it's just presumed. It's presumption of law. It's presumed that you're the head of the household. And so at that point, when you do that presumption on record, you go to appointment for or election of like qualified election, qualified elector status, because it takes that one beginning 
where the law actually begins here to make it all happen. Yeah. Um, it looks Orpha. like Oprah uh, rejoined yeah. with us here. I'd like yeah. to turn uh, uh, the microphone over to her, but I also noticed that Eric uh, can't, was able to come back in. He was disconnected, too. Um, so, okay. yeah, Oprah, you've got the floor. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll try and make it short here. I was just saying that this is starting to come around make sense for me and is exciting me because I went to school for criminal investigation and I dropped out because I did not I realized there was no way I was going to be a part of their legal system um, and hearing this about you know becoming you know an actual in the true sense of the word a peace officer or being able to carry out you know being a, a, a lawful <laughs> instead of a legal um, uh, carrying out, you know, lawful instead of legal. I don't know how to put that. But um, this excites me. So uh, my other question is where do I find this information with the electors? Because I just got you my email, so that's you know why I haven't been receive you know been receiving anything. So how do I get this information? Uh, uh, where do I find uh, it? The the oath of office of qualified elector would be a real good uh, place to start, and I can probably pull up that web link quickly for you. If are are you available to see the talk shoot chat window, or are you just by phone here? I'm just by phone right now. Um, I've, I mean, I can go online and get on TalkShoe, but I've never pulled up the chat windows to find any of that information, so I don't know how to do that, really. Well, it's um, okay, um, and I can what, send what, you the web links now that I have your email, and, and you yeah, can call was, me, too, anytime you want, and, and we can have private conversations because people that are enthused about... Um, uh, working at the project, the common project with Beacon and uh, us and in, in, in LA um, uh, and everybody, um, Texan Drill Society, um, uh, all of us. Um, we, uh, uh, I'm, I'm particularly enthused about working with people that that can comprehend the the empowerment, the the, the clean empowerment, that, uh, free from the Roman. Pharisee Jew and civil municipal uh, adulterations that have come in. Because when we focus on the administration of justice through the juries in this grassroots, bottom-up, organic manner, then then uh, uh, lights start going off in people's heads about how this is of profound improvement over the current de facto government that we're laboring under. And that that's what I've been looking for for a long time. Thank you. And like like I said, I <laughs> I mean when you've been you know talking about having you know you know basically peace officers you were calling them different name but um in each you know area to be actually protecting the people being proactive in protection instead of just 
well, wait till somebody gets hurt and then I'll come and, and help you. You know, that doesn't work for me. That, and, that's, yeah. You know, so so I actually quit school. You know, that was one of the reasons. I said, you know, I'm working towards this and look at the system I'm going to be working in. No, thank you. I, I can't do it. I can't justify working in that kind of a situation. So I'm I'm not going to do it, you know. So this is exciting to me. Um, if you would, you know, when you send those links to me um, and the in other information that you're going to send, if you could send your phone number, that would be awesome. Uh, I'll do that. Um, and if you could go to TalkShoot.com, uh, do yeah. you have a computer around you now or no? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. I mean, well, if you could go to TalkShoot.com and click on Live Now, uh, you'd see that, that our conference is on Live Now. And um, um, uh, from there, you could pull up our chat window with about two steps. It takes a secondary – you go to a secondary page, and then you click on the uh, purple button, and that brings up a, a, a chat window. And there we can, it's real easy to paste web links to all of these documents as we're talking about them. And um, um, and there's a lot of chatter going on in the background that's frequently uh, supportive of what's going on verbally in our conferences. So that, that that's one of the big reasons I just really appreciate TalkShoe is because, is because the, the chat window interface is off on the side. You can see who all is in attendance on the conference, and, and it's really empowering to know who's here and who's doing what and um, uh, have a conversation going on in the chat window in the background at the same time that the verbal discussion is just going highly energized. Um, yeah. Okay. I, now, do yeah. I have to sign into TalkShoe to get into the chat? I've you don't have to. You can up. just go straight in there, and it'll log you in as a guest. And where I'm not seeing any place to go go in. That's that's my problem. That's why I never used to get on the website. Sure. Did 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 you did you get to our web page from the live now uh, section? Uh, no. Um, did 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 you see I, I just, on, on I top just went there's a live now button near the top? Oh, live now. Okay, I see it. Yeah, and then okay. they're under. Do you see constitutional gov with a map of USA on it? <clears throat> Not yet. <laughs> Let me see here. You might have to scroll no, down it's a little. Show, it's showing me different. Categories. Maybe I'm not down far enough. Oh, it's a map. Okay, there we go. Okay, so just click on that. Yeah. Okay, got it. Hey, do you see a purple button on on our main web page there? Yes. Join now. Yeah. Okay. Now, where do you where do you store the um? Links and information. Okay, it says log in or join as a guest. Hey, uh, as a guest. Charles, I, I, I think I think she's confusing uh, um, talk to you for your website. She's looking for the same inform like, information like on your website about I don't know the core process. I guess. 
Well, Is that right? Well, am, I, am I wrong? Okay. okay, wait a minute. We got... But this is cool that she's actually in the chat now. This is awesome. Because um, I love Orpha. This is one of my good friends, you guys. For years, I've been knowing Orpha. Wait a minute. Why am I... Why are we getting... Yeah. Why... What? Oh, dear. This... I got to get out of here. She, what... You must have opened up a wrong page. I'm actually... No, <laughs> I, I'm actually on talk show. But yeah. being on the phone and joining in, I can't do both. Okay. You're probably maxing out your computer or something. No, it, it's there's two. There's a delay, and so I, I, we're here. Are, were you able to hear that? I, well, I there, there was kind of an echo, causing a little bit of a garble there. I was concerned about yeah. that. And that was because I had talked shoot live up. And also talking on my phone, so I'm, I was connected twice, so it was hearing it twice. So I got out of the, out of that area. But um, is there's that a little, where... there's a little, well, there's a little. Go ahead and ask ask your question. Sorry. Is that where I would, when you say you're posting it on the website or the talk to chat room or whatever, is that where you go, or where I'd go? Oh. That that's one area that was in my mind simplest, but um, 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 Jeremiah was suggesting uh, an option that that I was thinking secondary, but might actually be preferable, especially since you're um, getting some feedback there. Um, uh, just go to constitutionalgov.us. Did everybody get kicked off the call? No, I got no. Kick, I got kicked off because on on <laughs> me Skype, too. No, I got kicked it, off too. It kicks me off after four hours. That's interesting. That is something weird right there. But uh, okay, constitutional. Uh, uh, what were you saying God. though, Charles, to her answer to to the uh, to answer her question? Because I was interested in your answer. Jeremiah, you're talking over Orpha here. Um, ConstitutionalGov.us, um, is that what it is? Yes. Do you see the black page with the big map of the USA? Well, not yet. I mean, I did on TalkShoe, but I'm going to your going to the website. That's what I'm right. going to do. So when I put in ConstitutionalGov.us, I get a bunch of constitutional government stuff. I don't know what one to kick on. <clears throat> That's why the app is going to be so important. Yeah. Are you spelling constitutional correctly? Well, I thought I did, but it went away, so I got to do, do well, it again. I, I, can, I can post a link in an email to you here. Um, yeah, that that would be good. And then that way I can pull it up that way. Okay, I'll reply to you really quick here. Um, um, I see Eric came back in. Eric, do you have anything? Yeah. Well, Jeremiah has I, some comments here too. I, I yield. 
I yield, so I'm <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted Jeremiah, to quickly say you thank you. To, yeah. Uh, that's cool that Orpha has access to the Internet now. I guess I'm happy about that. Um <laughs> I kind of want to say welcome, Eric, and thank you for coming back on the call. Um, so, Charles, thanks a lot. Yeah. Are you there, Eric? Yeah. How are we doing? Well, I had to go do an errand, so I'm just plugging back in. Appreciate it. Um, looks like we lost Wonder Ann and her um, elderly regal retinue there. Um, I remember now, Charles, what I was going to say. Well, it has to do with the development of the application. The logo is the most important thing right there on the website for for uh town shipper uh at at jim at jimdo dot com right town shipper and uh right now that's that's just the basic thing but the way i'm what i'm seeing here is is an opportunity to streamline your website into an application platform okay whereby we can basic, basically make it really user friendly and that should increase numbers and put put this to the other level. So what I'm willing to do again, okay, is I'm trying to develop this right now. I'm trying to look for a developer. And we're going to do that because I think we need numbers. And there's other people that are listening. They want to try and steal this idea. Okay? And they're not. it's not going to be the same thing, though. Because this is something special, okay? I see it, I feel it, and if I see or feel something, it's real. And what the common law journal societies offer, especially the constitutionalgov.us style of it, and it, it could be recognized internationally. It already is recognized internationally, okay? It offers an immense... Uh, allotment of remedies for people. It's really actually just a matter of knowing who you are. All right, I'm getting back to that again. But yeah, with more numbers and a, and the website being being still there as something, but then also having a this townshipper, right? Which is basically the application that people can use to. Oh, oh, oh! This Charles. One quick thing before I go though uh, is that is that, is this. You said something earlier about qualified electors not needing necessarily to uh, make a public statement about being the head of the household, and I think you might be right about that. Okay, so I wanted to let you know that. I could be wrong about that, and I think I probably am. And the reason is because it's already assumed and presumed that if we're taxpayers, we're probably 
heads of our household on and in some respect, you know, especially when it comes to the income tax and stuff like that, when it comes, you know, to households and stuff. Um, so there's some area there, it's a gray area that I will concede on. And I just wanted you to know that. And I, on that point, I yield the mic. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to briefly respond by saying that um, I'm glad you used the phrase gray area because I'm kind of fuzzy in that area too. And um, what I look forward to is the community of uh, responsible, qualified electors coming together and developing a consensus around what is the best policy to embrace because different, like Eric and others, all have our different insights into common law tradition and um, 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 we're, we're, we all thirst for the cause of justice and to establish our own general society communities in responsibly self-governing manners. And if it's better to have a separation between heads of household and qualified electors, that's the course that we should develop the consensus around naturally and organically. Um, however, if it if it's, um, uh, 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 seems to be more in the interests of justice and um, efficiency in government to merge the two concepts, then that'll probably be where our natural consensus develops also. Um, this is the beauty of the common law consensus building process is that we don't have to map out everything in the future when there's just a few of us talking about it. What we need to do is focus on building the community so that we can adopt at least a temporary resolution as to how best to proceed and, and then um, uh, leave it open for if somebody wants to raise the issue in the f future, perhaps we'll change our position then. I yield. Charles, you know what would be awesome too is through the application, you already have a chat window in your website, but you could use the same feature on your application, which I have already done also. <laughs> and what's kind of cool about that is that you could offer an alternative chat room to talk to for your calls. Which makes room for more people. So, just so you know. Yeah. Well, and at that point, um, it, it talks to you really is like the way that you can see who's on the phone. It's got the side panel with um, you can see who's all dialed in, uh, both in the conference and um, uh, uh, um, in the chat window. Um, but uh, worst case scenario, um, if we have to do things without. Um, uh, if we have to convert, if TalkShoe gets shut down, we could go to freeconference.com and just be mindful that we can carry on chats in the background through the chat window on the front page of constitutionalgov.us. That's true, too, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so my point was kind of off topic. I think Eric was coming in with some comments or was he just chiming in to say hello again and did you have something else to say Charles because obviously you 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 have enlightened me again and I'm not saying this to, to kiss your ass okay because I Lord knows I don't like to kiss ass and I honor you and your 
ability to portray, to convey the clear, pure common law message. It's something that not a lot of people know about. And as a as a dev, devout law scholar, over the last almost eight years, I can attest to the validity of your claims. So, I do want to thank you. Over and over again, I'll continue to thank you. So, um, you got something good going here, and I'm glad people think that it's, it's your idea. You know. And uh, even though it's common law, you know, it's still cool that they can they have something to identify with, you know, whether they want to realize that this is traditional and pure common law. I mean, they may find out eventually, but maybe they'll never even know about that. But they just want to be involved in what is what is true, you know, what what is what does it mean to be a real republic, you know, and have and have de jure government, you know. And here's a chance for us to actually do something like that. And uh, so, there it is. Your words are eloquent, Jeremiah. Um, um, and I heard you talk with on Angela's conference there briefly, uh, and I thought you were appropriately confronting Paul Hansen, aside from your lack of diplomatic skill there. Um, but your your underlying issue, you were asking him what he's doing to uh, to bring about positive change, basically. <laughs> and he was floundering. Um, I thought that was noteworthy. Um, you drew the issue out well. Um, Thank you, there's Charles. There's lots of people. Uh, okay, well, uh, just uh, as I, I need to insert my normal caveat that you need desperately to work on your diplomatic skills there, good sir. Um, but we don't have to belabor that point. Um, it's just a caveat. Um, um, uh, we've got good people coming together, um, and, and, and you can be a bright and shining star, Jeremiah, if you clean up those diplomatic skills. Um, um, but but we've got other bright and shining stars like Eric, and and. Other people that just have the thirst for the cause of justice. These are simple concepts. Other people could be rising to prominence within a couple of weeks, it, uh, like like Orfra uh, here. Just just uh, uh, apparently got a clearer understanding of what the heck we're talking about. And and when people ha have these breakthroughs in their comprehension of how this organic, grassroots, bottom-up, self-governing process can really function to empower people to be righteous in their responsible self-governing process, then boom, it can take off, and boom, all of a sudden we've got a new Jesus Christ Messiah on our hands or something. Charles, you know, I don't even want, this is, this is why I wanted to let you know firsthand and and on this call, right? It it's not about me being bright and shiny star. If because I realized halfway into this thing that I was going to have to incorporate other people into the picture, or it wasn't going to work. And I started to realize, well, it's not all about me, you know. And I began to take a lot of pride and value 
in in my uh, encounters with other people, which is why I get a lot really pissed off a lot. Okay, it's because I'm valuing other people, you know, to to a high degree, and and I'm saying <laughs> this is interesting. I'm just like I'm laughing and I'm angry at the same time. I'm like Jesus, but um, do you know what I'm? Do you know, Do you understand uh, the dilemma there? So the idea is that I'm actually putting forward uh, an energy where whereby I see this big bright shiny thing, but it's not me. It's all of us. It's all of us working together in harmony, right, around one genuinely true cause that's actually going to bring about uh, uh, an element of world peace and uh, permanently or at least, you know, for a pretty good time, for a long time, you know. Yeah. For the, um, for the girls, my daughters, you know, of course. It always comes back yeah. around to that. Well, there's a multitude of reasons, and and the the future generations are one of them. Um, uh, certainly, a, very, a critically important one of them. Um, um, but uh, I rather feel uh, motivated to um, uh, read the paragraph that I read to you once before in more private conversation. I think. Ah, yes, common law is living temple of justice, Oxford Lectures, uh, Frederick Pollock. Uh, you recall my reference to that one before, Jeremiah? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I still have it, too. Have you heard this one? And I'm sure Oprah hasn't, but um, uh, here I'll post the web link to it for those that are capable of um, uh, following us in the web link. But it's just one brief paragraph here, and I'm kind of curious who our New York caller is. New York, would you like to say hi? Uh, well, um, uh, uh, let us know if you feel like chiming in, New York. Anyway, um, uh, the web link, and, and it's a one-page thing, uh, but this is from Frederick Pollock. I believe he talked in the 1800s or so. He worked with... with um, well, they, they, him and somebody named a Professor Maitland, from both of them were working at Oxford University in England, I believe, Pollock and Maitland. They wrote a series of books. They were probably more influential than Blackstone uh, because they, they clarified a lot of the common law. And recently, um, um, uh, uh, Anna von Ritz accused Maitland of being a subversive, and I'm not sure if there's any merit to that. Um, 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 but Mr. Pollock was his partner, and uh, this particular portion of Mr. Pollock's work is is inspirational. Um, um, and, and I'm going to skip over. It's it's kind of a long paragraph. I'm going to skip over the the first uh, two thirds of it or so. Um, but the last couple sentences here. Um, he, he was talking to students. This was a lecture to students in England. Um, and, and the final third or fourth of the paragraph, a couple sentences, uh, it's Mr. Pollock is t- talking to the students there in England. He says, you shall understand how great a heritage is the law of England. Um, 
um, a.k.a. the common law, whereof we and our brethren across the ocean are partakers, and you shall deem treaties and covenants a feeble bond in comparison of it, and you shall know with certain insurance that however arduous has been your pilgrimage, the achievement is a full answer. You will get a full answer to all of these mysteries when you comprehend common law I'm inserting there. But anyway, he goes on, last sentence. So venerable, so majestic is this living temple of justice, this immemorial yet freshly growing fabric of the common law that the least of us is happy who hereafter may point to so much as one stone thereof and say, the work of my hands is there. Okay? Okay? This is a living temple of justice. We are, see, when, it plug, when you plug it in to the common law townships and precincts it's and based on Exodus 18, it's that's beautiful. irrefutable. Yeah. This segues into the whole Christianity yeah. thing. And at that point, concepts like living temple of justice and, and, and this freshly growing fabric of the common law, these things start to take mm-hmm. on metaphysical properties where 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 angels are 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 listening to our words the the cause of justice is a re, re, fundamentally reoccurring theme throughout um uh the biblical text um um uh if you search out the the hebrew and and greek root words of 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 what is translated as justice it's um um, synonymous with righteousness, frequently the, the same basic word group is is frequently translated in the Bible as righteousness. And if you sum total all the words of righteousness and and justice that are referenced in the Bible, there's only over a thousand references to righteousness and justice in the Bible. This means it is a reoccurring fundamental theme of all biblical knowledge: the sacred cause of justice. Okay, and 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 it's about more than just secular Earth human uh, society here. This is this is catapulting us in to the battle between the the true God of the universe and the devil, the source of evil and the source of good on on a cosmic metaphysical plane that that is over and above mere secular earthly society. And I believe the 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 the, the um. The Arabs, the Muslims, have a say, have a saying about jihad, holy war. Okay, that 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 if you if if a person dies on the right side in a holy war, they go straight to heaven. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. You go straight to heaven if you die in a holy war. And there's there's texts where um um like uh um um the in, in in the very early Jewish days, after the Christians were being persecuted, the the Romans would sometimes torture the Christians, and 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 the Christians would laugh at them as they were being tortured, and it, and it shook up the Romans because the Romans didn't comprehend how how the Christians believed that that when when you are tortured and you die for a righteous cause your place in heaven is assured 
Okay? All your sins are forgiven. When you take a stand and, and, and you suffer, you suffer, you suffer pain and, 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 and torture for, for the righteous cause of God's kingdom, boom, that's a straight ticket into heaven. Um, I believe that's true, and, and I believe the, the Muslims believe that's true, and uh, I, I think it's it's a logical extrapolation that um, um, properly defined Christian faith should believe that's true also. Um, so, and this gets back to the whole thing about the Oxford Lectures and, and, and Pollock's uh, 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 rather emotional speech there that... Um, um, when you comprehend, you shall understand how great a heritage is this. Um, this this living temple of justice, this immemorial yet freshly growing fabric of the common law. And then you will become happy, the least of us is happy, who here and after may point to so much as one stone thereof and say, the work of my hands is there. See, that's what you get to talk about God's angels about, about how you put together work in this this living temple of justice that we're constructing on this earth. Um, and I think perhaps that segues into Orpha's uh, question about um, <laughs> um, 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 what my agenda is. <laughs> um, but Orpha's no, uh, uh, you are still with us there, Orpha. Um, uh, yes, you, I am. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but, I, but I am probably going to have to go because my battery is getting well. All right. Did you see the email there that I sent you? I haven't yet. Um, okay, well, it, the it's there's a couple of links there when you get around to it. Um, I, I will look at it and um, send it out. I, I forgot to include my phone number. The... I'll send you another one with my phone number in it, and you can call and talk anytime you like, sister. Okay, and does, does, that, in, does that one email also include the stuff on... Um, peace and whatever else. Gestures of the peace and yeah, um, I'll I'll send you another one with my phone number with more details in it. But but the links I sent you should get you in the front door and and you should there there's there's different subdirectories under the second link that that will get you to those justice of the peace articles and stuff. Um, in case I happen to space it out here. Yeah, because you asked if I had read them and I haven't, so I want to get them read. What, what, Donaldson? Hey, before you leave, though, I hope you don't leave. But you know that thing about justice that that Charles was talking about. I'm telling you, if you pay attention to Charles when he's speaking, you will be enlightened. Okay, um, and that is saying quite a bit. Okay, but. The thing about justice that he he mentioned and how it applies to nature nature's law like that's that is some seriously <clears throat> empowering information that it you know um because um if you look at how water went right flows right that's all about justice. You know what I'm saying? It's about where you're going that's that's natural. You know what I'm saying? 
And when it comes to being correct, the water always goes into the correct place. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so that's justice. So ju- that's how nature's justice in, in, in ways that it are intellectually profound um, and being embodied in the human experience, you know. I mean, that's truly profound, Charles. So, muchas gracias, my brother. You took me to another place. And I thank all of you, but I'm going to have to go. <laughs> Charles? So thank, thank you very much. Good night, Arthur. Good night. Thank you. Good yeah, call. Eric? Really good call. Yeah, all I, right, put in the, uh, I put in the chat uh, for this call a uh, link to a Dropbox where there's a bunch of uh, foundational documents for the Gerald Society and uh, self-government. Great, Eric. Um, it's like a, it's like a basic training course. Okay, I don't see a web link in the talk shoot chat here. Um, it maybe my... I'm I, I'm still live. I, I don't... put one on there, Pollock, and it's uh, one, two, three. Oh, oh I, I do see guest thirty-three there. Dropbox Home, California. Yeah, I, I yeah. see it. Okay. Um, I wanted to segue though. Uh, Jeremiah was talking about water, as it applies, and um, um, uh, there's a quote from Blackstone. That used water as an analogy um, uh, uh, yes um uh let me paste the web link to it um, uh, paste um but I'd like to quickly um that that's another inspirational term um See, yeah, in, in section 43, page 3, top of page 3 of that web link for those that can follow. Um, the policy of our ancient, this is Blackstone talking, the policy of our ancient constitution, as regulated and established by great Alfred, was to bring justice home to every man's door, comma, by constituting as many courts of judicature as there are manors and townships in the kingdom wherein injuries were redressed in easy and expeditious manner by the suffrage of neighbors and friends, period. These these little courts, however, communicated with others of larger jurisdiction and those with others of still greater power, ascending gradually from the lowest to the supreme courts, which were respectively constituted to correct the errors of the inferior ones and to determine such causes as by reason of their weight and difficulty demanded a more solemn discussion. Paragraph break. The course of justice, this is the water segue, the course of justice flowing in large streams I think he might have had this backwards, but it could be interpreted positively. The course of justice flowing in large streams from the king as the fountain. They had a concept of a benevolent dictator king as a fountain, at least under Blackstone times. I'm not sure if that's um, also in the pure common law or not. It seems like 
from his previous paragraph that it, the, the course of justice should flow in small streams towards the king. But, but anyway, he's going on. The course of justice flowing in large streams from the king as the fountain to his superior courts of record and being then sub subdivided into smaller channels till the whole and every part of the kingdom was plentifully watered and refreshed, period. See, there's the segue between water and justice like Jeremiah was talking Excellent. about earlier. Yep. I didn't even get that from there, but it just felt natural, Charles. That's When you said what you said, it just... The only thing I could think of would be the justice that water provides, you know, as it just flows, you know, just like here it goes, you know, it knows what's right. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me finish the paragraph here. Um, one other sentence that, that, that helps um, put a lot of it together and actually raises a metaphysical issue. Um, after he says that uh, um, justice flowing from the king being subdivided into smaller channels till the whole and every part of the kingdom were plentifully watered and refreshed, period. Goes on. An institution that seems highly agreeable to natural reason. Very profound face there. Uh, comma. As well as more enlightened policy. Very valuable to, word also. Being equally similar to that which prevailed in Mexico and Peru before they were discovered by the Spaniards. Apparently this was broad-based going to, to, to New America, too. Um, uh, Blackstone was writing about. Um, but that's a semicolon. And then he goes on to say, and that which was established in the Jewish Republic by Moses. Um, and then one other paragraph. In like manner, we read Moses that finding the sole administration of justice too heavy for him, he, quote, chose able men out of Israel, such as feared God, men of truth, hating covetousness and made them heads over people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens, and they judged the people in all seasons and the hard causes they brought to Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. End of quote. Um, basically. Um, oh, see, oh, beautiful, Charles, beautiful. He, 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 um, go ahead. I have something to say, but I want to hear your words. Go ahead. No, I, I concluded. I'm, I frequently go flat tire collapse after something like that. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> I start. I started laughing because I heard the word hate, right, come out of your mouth yeah. about Moses in regard to Moses hating. What? What was he hating? Can you bring that back up? He was again? hating, hating covetness. Covetness. Wow, that's so cool, man. Wow. Yeah, like, like as if like. Like, I'm going to try to come up here. Let's say I want to try and, like, um, be all famous, right? Be famous and be, like, yeah, as, a, as some legal scholar, right? Whatever. I'm coveting something there. I want something, you know. It's, it's hating, hating wanting something that belongs to someone else, you know, and that's, like, taking has to do with taking their property. It's it's very uh, profound, you know? Yeah. No. It's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, the the whole phrase here, the, the able men out of Israel that Black, uh, Moses and Blackstone were referring to here in this passage, um, these able men were men who feared God. We're not afraid of much, but we are afraid of God. We don't want to get God peeved at us, okay? 
These able men out of Israel, such as feared God, men of truth. Truth is the first thing. We we, we worship at the altar of truth, okay? Men of feared God, men of truth, and hate covetousness. These are the ones that are the qualified electors, and and they're the heads of the, the, the thousands, the rulers of hundreds, fifties, and tens. These are our common law constables and, and justices of the peace. Oh, man. Well, you know this is going to take off, It's meaning it's going to be... We have to... At some point, Charles, we have to move with with a little more haste because the idea itself right now, I'll tell you, is too good. It's so good that other people will try and take it, okay? I'm not worried and about that, Jeremiah. I'm not worried about other people taking it. it, it, it do you remember? I, I think I touched on this with you if, before. Um, do you remember um, 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 Indiana Jones, the, the scene where the Nazis were trying to open the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, I think I do remember that, yeah. Okay. Remember what the angels did to to the Nazis that were trying to open the Ark of the Covenant? They sliced them into pieces? Yeah, sliced and diced, vaporized the Nazi jackbooted thugs. Okay? This this common law, living temple of justice that we're building here, it's similar to that Ark of the Covenant. People that that are trying to misuse it, it's going to come around and bite them. They're not going to be able to use it to any benefit of themselves. Right. There's a Bible verse that's jumping into my head here that talks about the de facto's. De facto's. Um, uh, uh, the Bible verse reads something where Jesus is accusing the Pharisees or something that that. Um, uh, they 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 the Pharisees both were accused by Jesus of 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 uh refusing to go into the temple of justice and refusing to administer justice and they blocked the way for anybody else to go in and do the job that they refused to do. Okay, there's a Bible verse like that. You aware of that? No, what is that? Can you uh, I, I I don't have it at the tip of my tongue, but um, I, I I could probably find it with a little bit of work. But um, uh, that's exactly what we're up against with with the Romans and 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 the Supreme Court of the United States. They're not a court of law. They could assemble it. They could they could bring in three right. more people um, uh, to um, uh, be a full twelve man jury there, and they could all of a sudden start insisting on um, 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 uh, having unanimous verdicts instead of the majority rule evil empire crap that they're doing. But they don't do that. Why don't they do that? It's because they refuse to go into the temple of justice, and similarly, they refuse to allow anybody else get to go in by the fact that they're claiming to be the Supreme Court of the United States of America. That arrogant claim, they're not a Supreme Court, they're just an administrative tribunal, military war powers jurisdiction. You know, Charles, I was talking to um, one of my clients uh, yesterday, and I asked him, I said, I know he's a Freemason, right? So he, because he's very much into it. He's, he even wears a necktie, everything, all day. 
And I asked him, I said to him, I said, can you give me some advice for today? I was in a good mood, and I was just rolling around town on my bike, and I came up, I saw him leaving. I said, hey, Chris, oh, I don't want to – let me ask you a quick question. What what advice do you have for me today? What tip can you give me for my day you know, to help me out? He's like, um, three. He said, try. Like He's like, T-R-I, you know, like as in the number three. Like, it, it, just think threes, you know? And it was pretty much that was the gist of it, you know. And uh, I thought I started thinking that's interesting. That's that, that started getting kind of deep, you know. And I was like, well, twelve, twelve would work, and because it's all participles of three, you know, four participles of three. And he, and then he went on to state that three and four were good, you know, to, to, like that, you know. Um, but uh, so there's a lot of. There is a lot, I think, in within um, <clears throat> the the legal system that is associated with um, the the worship of the intellect, the worship of the intellect, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a totally human thing to do. I mean, for crying out loud, man, are we not allowed to be ourselves, or what? <laughs> We're allowed to be ourselves. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. Well, um, and I, if you hear my voice, you hear the way I'm saying that too. It's a very, it's a very, I, I suppose I'm being sarcastic a little bit, you know. Well, keep in mind that that final um, um, passage in in the Oxford Lectures from Pollock that that we're part of a larger fabric. We can be ourselves. We each have stones in the living temple of justice that we've constructed and that we've we've helped put together. And that's where we've got the right to be ourselves. Uh, we can maybe write our little uh, initials in a corner of the stones that we're build, inserting into the living temple of justice. But the, the, the geometrical architecture of the living temple of justice, that's preordained. And and either we're fitting into that comfortably or we're not. You comprehend? So it, yes, it, I do. It, that's actually just, more water talk. You know, that's uh, like well, you just yeah, either flowing or you're it not. Relates to, <laughs> it relates <laughs> to James' concept in the biblical book of James. He talks about the perfect law of liberty. Okay, there are outer parameters of liberty beyond which we do not venture because that's a trespass. But within those parameters, um, uh, uh, that there there groweth the living temple of justice. You know what would be good, Charles, if you you could get into this topic again at the beginning of your next call instead of at the end, so that way we could take a more metaphysical approach to it for the whole duration of the call, you know, like instead of being all every, I felt like it was a little dry. It when you spice it up a little bit with this metaphysical um, aspect of it, it really does make a difference. And, and it's actually, it, it helps to ring alarm bells, you know? So you, so people go, why is he talking about that? And then later on in the, in the call, they get it. They're like, Oh, that's right, justice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, it finally clicks. Like, oh, that's how it's natural. 
I never knew that. I never knew that was what they meant by natural law. Actually, Charles, I cannot give you enough kudos. Thank you, Jeremiah. I'm sorry sometimes we experience difficulties. Um, I, I Even when I'm so angry, I cut off communications. I like to think you're still hanging around on the outer parameters um, um, because you are valuable. You are immensely valuable. It's just that sometimes you drive me crazy, man. I deny the allegation and rebut with um, that the fact that you have no you have the burden of proof that I'm in control of your emotions. Now, now, now I don't want to go there, okay? But it's out of fun that I even dialogue in this in this way. Um, 